Pickaxe. Sega. Your Sega. Oh, that was in the title screen. What were you doing? The invincibility music. That's the intro to Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's also the invincibility theme. Yes. Do you know who had a good theme in that first game? Eggman. Boss music is wicked in that. I actually like a lot of the music in the first couple of Sonics. Well, the first two Sonics were, uh, the music was by Masato Nakamura, who was a famous Japanese, famous in Japan, Japanese rock star for a band called Dreams Come True. Yeah, so it, and I've actually got the um, the demo tapes for that music because they released it on CD. So, yeah, you get, like, the, the, the betas he made on keyboard, and then they had to digitise them for the Mega Drive. But hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Video Game Movie Podcast, The Musical, with myself, Rory oh, Justin, from Cyberpunk Studios, and with me there is Jamie Evans we from could, Impala Films. I want to do a musical episode. Well, there's hey, no musical hey. video game shows, weirdly. What a great time to kill Paul Anderson. Do, 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 do. I mean, we sh- I think you might have to write that one yourself because I don't think anyone else is going to make it. My name is Uwe Ball. I make terrible films. Oh, yeah, yeah. Terrible films. Terrible films. Terrible movies. You're getting, you're getting into it. What yeah. else could we do? Let's see. Um, uh, we could do. We could hire some cutesy Japanese girls to sing a song about Sega Hard Girls. Yes. And how much they love Sega Saturn. And, and also talk about spillage. A spillage, yeah, spillage. Of course, yeah. To but spillage. no actual spillage because they're only young girls. Okay, so no well, actual spillage. I was, I wasn't. 
I did say just to sing about spillage, but sure. For <laughs> just want to be clear. Just yeah, want to be clear. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, go back to our Sega Hard Girls episode or, or any time we've mentioned spillage since. Uh, essentially, in Sega Hard Girls, the girls refer to spillage, uh, meaning uh, when a woman's breasts are exposed. Mm. Uh, it's the most disgusting term I've ever heard for, like, I like breasts. I think they're sexy things. But spillage is not what I would call them. No. Um, no, it's a very strange term. But yeah, we could totally do this. There's loads of... And then, of course, the epic finale of the song, of the musical, would be a, a, a rap battle with you and me rapping over cats versus dogs. <laughs> All right. But well, we could make it Echidnas versus Hedgehogs. We can even throw so you... Then it's e- Sonic and you, Knuckles. We can even throw you an EDM track in if you want. Yes. And whatever the name of the film it is goes, called... Mortal Kombat! Mortal Kombat! We have to come up with a really cool name for the film, but then at the end we have to add Anne Knuckles. Fair enough. Whatever, what doesn't matter what the name is. <laughs> to raise enough budget to get actual Idris Elba. Yes. Yes, but ha- just just do what I wanted from paint him in the red. films. Just paint him red and give him big gloves. I saw a, I saw a new trailer for Sonic 2. Yes. That I hadn't seen yet. Yeah, um, they've been revealing quite a lot of stuff. Yeah, this gives away, like, loads of the plot. Yeah, that's why I haven't watched it. Um, <laughs> Someone's like, it gives away loads of the plot. I was like, then I shan't watch I've that. got to admit, I won't go into any spoilers, but... I was feeling quite positive about this film until I saw the new trailer. I, I would not go by the trailer. I understand that it's kind of impossible to put the, the genie back in the bottle, but um, this happens a lot in Hollywood where it won't be the filmmakers cutting the trailer. Yeah. So generally the trailer might... It probably has given too much information away in there, but even whether it has or hasn't, they a marketing department doesn't necessarily know what's best for yeah. the to represent the film. They're supposed no, to, but that tends never to be really well, the case. They're backing on their own. They're going back on their own message. So I'll, I'll tell you one thing that happens in it because it's not a major spoiler. But actually, that first trailer does a very good job of making Knuckles look like a complete badass. Yeah, where he's only in it briefly, and he's yeah. like, "Do I look like I need your power?" That yeah, bit, and just like blast Sonic back again. Yeah. So Knuckles is in this trailer a ton, and does not look anywhere near as cool and badass and actually looks more like he might be comedy relief. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, it's very... I hope that's just badly edited trailer. I'm hoping yeah. they've just picked... Uh, basically, there's a bit where he's trying to punch Sonic. And to be fair, maybe it does make him look badass. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating. But he's basically trying to punch Sonic and Sonic's dodging them all because obviously Sonic's super fast. And Sonic goes, for a guy named Knuckles, you think you'd be good at punching? And then Knuckles gets him with one. Right. And Sonic I think that's him. more just to try and show Sonic's sass. Yeah. The way they, he had it in the first well, film. Well, they're, they're definitely doing a Sonic who's very pop culture heavy because yeah. he calls Knuckles the Winter Soldier at one point. Oh, God, don't start. To, like, why is it? Why oh, it's coming. The... Marvel, Marvel are going to, Disney are going to. But I don't I, understand. I, this is a Paramount So here's, film. here's what you're going to hear soon. Um, Sonic Rights to Sonic the Hedgehog, bought out by Disney, announcing Sonic 3. It's an adaptation of Sonic Adventure. We want that, yeah? Mm. Surprise twist. Chaos is played by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'd watch it. Amy Rose is played by Ryan Reynolds. Every everyone, character. Ev- I just want a Sonic movie where everyone is Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Except for Robotnik. That's still got to be Jim Carrey. Just Jim Carrey v. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Can you imagine if they put Deadpool versus Robotnik? Yeah. <laughs> How mental that film would be. I think it'd be so mental it wouldn't make any narrative sense. Because yeah. everyone would just be breaking yeah. fourth wall all over the place. Anyway... 
As you can probably tell by what we're discussing here, uh, today's episode is about something Hedgehog from 2020. Uh, this is kind of a, a, a precursor uh, for what's coming in two weeks' time, uh, which is going to be something Hedgehog 2 because it comes out in the cinemas. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully we can jump in there, watch that early doors, and uh, give you a really cool review as to what we think of that am film. I, am I the only one? Because we're going to go cinema and watch Sonic 2, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I So say. we have to go together, you understand that, right? Right. Because if you make me go on my own, I am not walking into a cinema as a grown-ass 30-year-old man and saying, can I have a ticket for Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Well, that's just because you're not comfortable in yourself. <laughs> that's because I'm afraid people will think I'm a paedophile. <laughs> not all Sonic fans are paedophiles. Not all. <laughs> Not all. <There's> a, <laughs> only a large portion. <laughs> there's been a few, but they've been arrested. It's no. I mean, you know, the irony is that's true. I meant but being this... <laughs> a 31 year old man watching a children's. It's the same way I felt when I saw um, I saw Moana at the cinema, the Disney film. Moana. Um, and I felt really weird watching that because I was a th- I was 28, I think, at the time, mm. maybe, and um, I was the only single man yeah. in the cinema. I think, to be fair, the staff thought that was weirder because you brought in hand tissues and hand lotion with you. And <laughs> I did not. Let's be clear on that. I did not. <laughs> like, and you need the hand lotion for a reason, sir? It's good on my hot dog, if you know what I mean. They're going to pay- play this in my trial. <laughs> this is the trial, yeah. Um, before we get started with this episode, I just want to... Uh, I've mentioned in two episodes time we're doing something the Hedgehog 2. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much of what it is but next week we have a special episode i don't want to give too much away so I'll, all i'll say is this uh the next week's episode is a rare one it's something it's a film that most people don't seem to remember or regard despite the fact that um you know despite the fact of the the main character of it it's an it was it came out in 2008 and it won awards in 2009 but somehow like the halo fan base in particular don't remember it uh they, they don't seem to regard it uh but the character of master chief He's tasked with saving the missing daughter of a billionaire, and he's sent in with an elite team called the ACP. Uh, I did look online. There doesn't seem to be many Halo fan communities talking about this film. Uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll give you the sort of the full rundown next week for that, uh, and hopefully you guys will enjoy it. But uh, yeah, just a, a little extra something special to look forward to next week. Anyway, I think we've spoken for long enough. Let's get on with Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog! Sonic the Hedgehog! So, first thing I want to state is uh, when the film opens, the Paramount logo is there, and it has Sonic's rings around it, Yeah, which is pretty cool. Instead of the stars, it has rings. And it's playing the ring sound effect, isn't it? The yes. Ding, ding, ding. Um, something of a kind of a bit of stupidly deep trivia uh, is that Paramount at one point technically owned Sega. In right. the past, during, I think, the 70s and early 80s. But it was... Uh, so, Sega was part-owned by Golf and Western, mm. which was uh, owned by Paramount. And they eventually called themselves uh, Paramount Television, I think it was, that they called themselves. Eventually, they, that Sega either bought back their own rights or another company bought those rights off of Golf and Western. So, they haven't been owned by Paramount for a long time. But it's kind of interesting that Sony were actually making the first Sonic the Hedgehog for quite some time. They, yeah. They'd done a lot of the pre-work on it. Um, but they decided uh, about a year and a half before Paramount released their version that uh, they, they just didn't want to go ahead with it, so Paramount bought the rights instead. Shall we? I think we, we have, I think there's a, an elephant in the room that we have to address first before we get on to this film. Sure. Which is, of course, the 
troubled production history of this film. Yes. Notably the absolute Lovecraftian monstrosity <laughs> that was the original design of Sonic. Do you remember, Rory? I do. Because you're a huge Sonic fan. I am. Do you remember when and where you were when you first saw that original trailer and you saw your first look at what Sonic was going to look like? I was here. I was at my house. Uh, I was I was looking online. I was like, oh, I wonder what Sonic... Holy God, what is this? It was the teeth. It was it was the teeth, the wasn't teeth it? And was the weird. weirdly small eyes. Yeah, like tiny, like almost human eyes yeah. with human teeth. Do you know what it but in an like? otherwise cartoon creature. Have you ever seen you know the face swap app? Yes. You ever seen when people do a face swap with an inanimate object, like a cookie or something? Yes. It looked like someone had face swapped a human face <laughs> onto a sonic plushie. Yes. Yes, it did. Well, what's interesting is uh, I'll get to I'll get to these at the very end, but I looked through deleted scenes on my Blu-ray. Hmm. Uh, just to see a little bit of extra information. There's some interesting stuff there, but largely none of the scenes are important enough that they should have been kept. I understand why they were cut. But there's there are a couple of interesting trivia bits. But one of the interesting parts is some of those require the CGI of Sonic. And the CGI of Sonic at that time, like some parts are completed, even though they weren't in the finished film, uh, and some other parts were not finished. So you've just got like a, a very basic-looking render of Sonic the Hedgehog, there's no fur on him, nothing like it's just like blue texture, skin texture, um, and no shading or anything else applied. And it's clearly based on the old model yeah. of him because he's got smaller eyes and a more realistic mouth and teeth. Uh, and you're just like, oh, this is all that's left of that horror. But I would have liked them to have included a cut. Not necessarily the whole film, because I don't think they rendered the whole film out in this way, but at least like deleted scenes just doing like or alternate scenes of the film where you could watch it with the original Sonic. Fuck no. Just so you could go, Jesus Christ. No, we need to deny that monstrosity ever existed. As an extra on a Blu-ray, I think that would be fine. Not in the film itself. Um, well, let, so let's just quickly talk about because obviously... Um, there was obviously massive public outcry on Twitter and stuff. Yes, it was a massive and, backlash from the fan base mm-hmm. uh, and and also, well, anyone that saw yeah. it. It, was, it a, wasn't even you didn't even have to be a Sonic fan to go. No. What the f in hell is that? But in a move that is pretty unprecedented amongst companies, yep. they said, "Okay, we've heard you. We're going to delay the release." Yep. And we're going to fix it. And they did. True to their word, they actually did. And I mentioned this in our um, VGMP Plus episode of Sonic Mania Adventures. uh, But there is actually a... um, There is a... Sorry, let me start again. I mentioned this in our VGMP Plus episode on Sonic Mania Adventures. That there was a, a, a single guy, really, who... Obviously, he wasn't the only designer, but who they brought on board to salvage the Sonic design. And he's the guy who made the Sonic Mania Adventure series, a guy called Tyson Hess. Um, and absolute, he saved this film. Because if they went with the Sonic that they originally had, this film would have bombed. Yeah. Regardless of the fact that maybe overall the film would have been just as good and just the same, it's hard to... Kind it, of get into the emotional standing of liking this character it was, when it was, it was that, that nightmarish. Yeah. yeah, it was that ugly. Like, it's not just a case of, I don't know, you see it all the time in, like, superhero films, don't you? It's like, oh, I don't like Wolverine's suit, or I wish it was a different shade of colour, or whatever. This was not, like, something surface like that. This was literally 
horrifying to look at. Oh, it was oh, it was garbage. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. Um, yeah, so I, 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 what's quite interesting is, as you say, a lot of companies, they kind of attack the fans back. That's happened a lot, certainly in sort of superhero movies when people have gone, oh, we actually want something different. Mm. It's one thing to not... I'm not necessarily saying that all companies should kowtow to what fans say. Fans don't always know what they actually want. No, um, no, that's so, disastrously as well. No, Come and sometimes it. you need to hold to your own artistic vision, but it depends on what the subject is. If it, if a fan's going, change your storyline, I don't want a woman leading a film, well, you can tell them to go, oh, one, do one. But if it's a case of, no, this looks nightmarish and it's meant to be a children's film, you probably should change that shit. And as I say, they did. The... Um, but yeah, generally, there seems to be this weird opposite factor that happens, certainly again with superhero movies, where the company, and it happened with Ghostbusters 2016, when people come out and go, there's something about this film that doesn't sit right, and it, I know there was a lot of sexism around Ghostbusters 2016 as well, but there was also a lot of good reasons to think that film didn't look as good as it should have been, or it wasn't going the right way as it should have done as a sequel, because it wasn't, it basically was a reboot. Um the companies then decided to go, right, well, anyone who says anything against our product is a sexist or a racist or a this or a that. And no doubt there probably is a mixture of those people in, in the backlash. But in general, there's like I've seen people with reasonable expectations and reasonable requests of films. And it's just the filmmakers will just go, nope, you're all racist, sexist, bigots. You're all after this, that, and the other. Attacking the fans doesn't work for you. If you don't agree, you can either say you don't agree or just leave it and continue doing what you're doing anyway. Uh, A perfect example of that I always think of is, uh, and by no means am I, you know, I, I, I don't. I think all films and all voices should be made, blah, blah, blah. Um, But one example I always think of of people making a bad uh, attack on fans is uh, last year or the year before that, there was a reboot of Charlie's Angels that was made that literally nobody saw. Do you want to know how few people saw it, Rory? I I still had an Odeon membership at this point. Yeah. Odeon emailed me offering me free tickets to go and see it. Wow. Because they were trying to pump up the numbers. Anyway, the director, Elizabeth Banks, went on a huge yeah, rant. Saw that. Um, kicking off about people wanting to see, you know, oh, no one will come and watch this, but they'll go watch Spider-Man 35. This is ironic, seeing that the new Spider-Man has made shit tons yeah, of money. I mean, I mean the, the, the fact that anyone thing. will go and watch anything Spider-Man, I think, sadly, is a proven point. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Your film looked bad. Yes. It didn't look good. First of all, no one needed Charlie's Angels rebooting. Like, no. everything that can be done with that premise has been done with it. But second it's of all... It's not a deep enough story to... Like, you'd have to really go some and change the elements of Charlie's Angels to make it a deep enough story yeah. worth rebooting. But your, but your version looked shit, Elizabeth Banks. And I like Elizabeth Banks. I think she's a really oh, yeah, talented yeah. actress. Um, I think she's got a really good directing sense. Mm. Um, and she seems very versatile as well. I've seen her in all sorts of different things. Right. This was there definitely but a case of she, she wanted to, the fans for no reason. Well, she, I think she wanted to push a more feministy message, which isn't bad in and of itself. But you're never going to get that message across if you just start attacking people. No. It's as simple as that. Because people yeah. don't like to be lectured at. No. Um, and and here's the, the thing. like, the, the, From what I've heard, the film isn't particularly great in and of itself. I don't know. I haven't seen it. But even if it was a good film, the problem is, is 
it really isn't the sort of concept that was going to do gangbusters figures. No. Like, and weirdly enough, and I know this sounds terrible, but sadly, a lot of like Charlie's Angels was created with the male gaze in mind. Oh yeah, doing Those... a feminist version without the male gaze, you've lost half your audience. Yeah, because like... that's that's the fan base. Yeah, and I, I'm the... not saying it's right or wrong or anything, yeah. but, but that is what that f- I... series is. I've never seen the original Charlie's Angels, but I've seen the the two movies in the 2000s mm. with Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu. Yep. Um, and I was a teenage boy when they came out. And I really liked them because they're sexy. They're action, they're sexy, and they're funny. They've got all three things that a teenage boy likes yep. in them. Um, that I could, I imagine even going back to the original Charlie's Angels because I've it's seen still clips. Full of view. It, it, that you was know, for tight that as trousers well. and all this sort of stuff to yeah. show the women's shape. It was um, what think, that series was. So, It'd so, be like making a dead or alive movie, but you don't show any bit of flesh on the women. Yeah, you know, you've lost your hat, you, like, and going. Well, why don't the Dead or Alive fan base watch this? It's like, well, they're not going to. Yeah, because they, they obviously they like the game series it's... for a particular reason. You're not giving them. I don't want to go into politics. So I'm only, I'm no. only going to say this one thing, and then I'm going to move on. Yeah, we'll get back but to the film. There's a current thing going on at the minute where you've got half the audience complaining that all films are becoming too political. You've got the other half going, no, they've all. So, let's take Doctor Who for example. <laughs> Half of them going, it's too politicised, I'm being lectured at, blah, blah, blah. Doctor Who's always been political, what are you talking about? Here's the thing, and this is the truth in my opinion, this is the way I see it. Um, first of all, yes, bo- both points of view are correct. Yes. Because yes, Doctor Who, for example, always has been political. Films have always had political messaging. People even say that when about Star Trek, they're like, oh, there's so much politics in it now. Is that, yeah. That's the whole fucking even, point of Star Trek was it was yeah, political. Even when it's not intentionally done, politics infects everything. Yeah. Um, because you're making your film or your show from a viewpoint. Here's the thing. What we've lost is the ability to put politics in things well yes writing it's the i I say this all the time sadly i'm sorry to say it but a lot of modern movie writing isn't very good no it's not it follows a very well crafted like three act three or four act structure they get that part right but in trying to just basically go well what can we shove into this pre-established mold and that's something i'm going to talk about with sonic the hedgehog the movie i'd say it's almost identical in its story pacing to detective pikachu Mm. The beats happen at the same points in time yeah. because they fit the same three to four act structure, and so they do the same things yeah. throughout the the films. You just change, you just swap out the yeah. CGI elements for and actors for something else. But th- this um, is the thing: people have, you know, because I I I don't believe. Maybe I'm naive, but I refuse to believe that having a female protagonist turns off male viewers because otherwise, well, it's no never one, done it in the past. This thing, no one would have watched Terminator. No Alien. one would have watched Aliens. No one would nobody would have watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. The difference between that and something like the new Star Wars film, which, uh, to be fair, I haven't seen the new Star Wars films because I'm not a Star Wars. I've only fan. seen one of them, but I'm, it's, yeah, that, I'm going again, on. Again, the I've writing is terrible throughout. So. This thing, they lecture you they're not just it's not just oh look we've got a cool female protagonist it's she's a female god damn it and you're going to understand that you're wrong because you're a man the problem with ray in the seventh film and i've only seen uh the force awakens out of the new trilogy the problem with the force awakens with ray isn't that she's a woman by any measure it's the fact that you've got the main villain of that particular kylo ren Ren, who has been practicing the force powers forever 
like throughout his whole life, turned to the dark side because he's so, you know, angry and aggressive. And Ray defeats him at the end of that film, despite having never held a lightsaber before. Right. And it's like, but this is unearned. Yeah, it doesn't you know, feel like it's been earned. At yeah, all. I mean, at, um, to put it in comparison with something else in Star Wars, in the second, uh, in the in the, the original trilogy, as it were, um, in the second one of that original trilogy, Luke Skywalker leaves Dagobah, leaves um, Yoda to go and fight Darth Vader mm. to save his friends, and he loses. Yeah, because he's not. As strong as Darth Vader, because Darth Vader's been doing this for longer, and yeah, Luke is relatively untrained. Let's use something with a female lead as a as a counterpoint. Let's take Terminator, mm. Terminator One and Two, right? Oh yeah, Sarah Lin- Connor was useless in the first one. Yeah, well, no, that ending when she finally beats the Terminator, yeah. that feels incredibly earned. Yes, that's why you feel such a sense of catharsis when she finally hits that button and crushes yeah, you're the Terminator. Terminator. Fucker. You're a Terminated fucker. Yeah. Like, yes. Yes. That's a great moment because yeah. she's earned that. You know, yeah. she's she's been through so much. Like she starts off as just a woman who does waitressing, and she's gone through so much stuff that by the time she gets to that end point, yeah, you're right, she's yeah. earned it. And she's then, earned every second. And then that follows into Terminator Two, where she's now spent the intervening time completely like training, strategizing, stockpiling weapons. Yeah, preparing for the moment the Terminator returns. Yeah. And that's a logical evolution to her character. Yeah. Um, and it's, and to be fair, I want to be clear, it's not just female protagonists they do with this with. Oh, this a lot of A lot of modern movie making is doing it with male protagonists yeah. as well. There is no earning of something. It's just, well, yeah, they suddenly are masters yeah. of their power. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, does this uh, eschew all of those modern norms or is it part of those modern norms? Uh, let's find out. So... I don't think we'd need to do a, a play-by-play necessarily on Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know. No, no, I think just the broad strokes, the broad really. Strokes. So we, um, we start with an animated section voiced by Sonic. Yes, with Robotnik. Oh, no, well, you don't. We do a flashback first, don't we? Yeah, yes, it's, but it's, they do that flash-forward thing, don't they? Yeah, where... so it's near the end of the movie. It starts out with yeah. Robotnik chasing and shooting Sonic, and yeah. Sonic voicing over, oh, isn't this crazy? And then you get the, how did we get here yeah. sort of thing. And then it flashes back and explains the story. So... And now it's the animated bit, because I wanted to ask you yeah. uh, the big owl what was her name a long claw long claw um i as far as i'm aware not a character in the games nope, not in from the original game. for this no, absolutely pure original for this however something interesting with long claw i looked her up and she's not apparently but she i'll tell you what she sounds like bang on for the voice of sally acorn in uh, sonic satam but it's not right. apparently and I was like, but she sounds bang on it. And then Fair when a, the, the actress they've got hasn't done much other stuff that's on IMDb at least. Mm. But then when I watched, there's a deleted scene and one of the deleted scenes, Longclaw actually goes to Earth with him and lives with him and raises him. Right. And then he looks after her when she's passing away. Mm. Um, obviously, that's all been removed from the main film. But the voice of Longclaw in those sequences seemed to be different. Maybe it didn't recast. sound maybe, but IMDb doesn't seem to connect with that because no. it doesn't. The, the one in the delete scene doesn't sound like Sally Acorn. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was odd. Um, it is odd as well that again, there's been an owl injected, an old owl injected yeah. into it, like they did in the Sonic '96 well, movie. This is the thing. Do you so- remember the old man in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Sonic. I have some news for you. <laughs> so I do, I do think, because unless I'm wrong, you might know better than me. We've never had a proper backstory for Sonic's childhood, have we? In the sh- in the games, not really. No, we've never met 
old man Sonic or anything like that. Not not uh, in the games, no. The games didn't really require it. It, it sort of it just started off. You, yeah, like, it was basic. There's so, evil man turning ro- look, yeah. uh, animals into robots. You beat so him up. I, I, I can live with the idea that he was adopted by a bird for yeah. some reason. I mean, yeah, um, it's as crazy as anything else that goes the, on. In the, weird, the, the weird addition to the plot is the idea of the teleporting rings. Uh, so um, that's kind of not unique for the film. No, I th- I seem to have a vague memory of that kind of being in the games. So it's not done in the same way as it is in the film. They've obviously interpreted it in the film. However, um, if you think of the first Sonic game, Sonic 1, mm, how do you get rings. to the special stage? Yeah. You have to collect rings. 50 rings throughout the show, uh, throughout the episode, and then when you pass the goal ring, you'll be a big ring, and you jump through that to get to the special stage. Yeah. And that's happened a few times. Sonic 3D Blast, you dunk, you have to slam dunk like a basketball player. Loads of flickies into a large ring to make them disappear and get to safety. So it seems to be a recurring theme. It's not something that you tend to think of yeah. um, as, like, you know, Sonic teleports through rings. But actually yeah. it has happened before. Just not from having a small ring you throw in it becoming yeah. a big portal. Because what one thing that is missing from this film that I did find kind of when I watched it the first time was kind of like it's weird that they're not in it. Um, no Chaos Emeralds. There is one. Is there? There's an image of one. We'll get to oh, that. Oh, but the, the actual Chaos Emeralds are not part of the plot. They're clearly going to be in the sequel. Oh, clearly they're going to be in the sequel. Well, Knuckles' main impetus has always been the Master Emerald, yeah. so I'll be surprised if it doesn't introduce the Master Emerald yeah. in some but way. But doesn't it seem... Doesn't it just seem weird not to have the chaos? Em- like, why uh, no, not? No, because they weren't in the '96 movie either. They weren't really in. Um, but they're such a part Satan. of the. the they, they're I mean, not. They're are there a- any games that don't have the chaos emeralds in them? There's I'm sure few. the chaos emeralds are in every Sonic no, game. Sonic 3D Blast doesn't have them. Okay, let's. Well, I'm going to say something controversial here. <laughs> Real Sonic games. It's a real Sonic game. So, like, Sonic 1, 2, 3 all have it. Sonic and yeah. Knuckles has them. Yep. Adventure, Adventure 2. Yep. Heroes. Yep. Uh, Generations. Generations. Yes, they do have them. Yeah. Um, do you see what I mean? Uh, yeah, 2006, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonic 06. Does that have the Chaos yeah, Emerald? Oh. I've. Oh, I don't know. I assume so. I can't remember. I haven't, I haven't played Sonic 06 forever. I've never got past, like, the second level. Oh, it's a really shit because game. Because the game is so buggy. Oh, I know. It's, it's unplayable. It's like the only Sonic game on the 360 that's not backwards compatible. And you're like, yeah, I bet they're going, I can't be asked to fix that shit. No. No, no, no just don't bother with it. But yeah, he's on. It, I it, see that. Is, they're not there. I, I assumed, because I knew from the trailer that this was set on Earth. Yep as in there's actual real humans in it, I assumed they were going to do the beginning of Sonic X. Where it's Eggman playing around with a Chaos Emerald is what opens the portal to No, because Robotnik's from Sonic's world in Sonic X. Yeah, this thing, I don't know why they didn't do that. Well, because Sonic X is shite. Is it? Yes. I hated Sonic X. I have not seen it in a very long time. Oh, it's terrible. Well, um, I assume we'll be covering it at some point. Um, yeah, I assume so. I'm, I'm going to use it as an excuse to try and watch the whole show. Oh my so, God. Do you know that there's hundred, like, about 100 episodes? Yeah, but I've never got through it all. I no, want to no, try. No, so you'll have to give me like advance warning of when we're going to yeah. do Sonic X. Well, I need to give myself the advance warning as well. Um, so Longclaw the Owl, as you mentioned, is there. But, but one thing I want to start with first... When at the opening, when uh, they're doing before the flashback, and Sonic's like, oh, uh, you've got uh, there's actually a road sign that says Mega DR, Mega Drive. Oh yeah, Mega Drive. 
Because yeah, yeah. DR is for drive, isn't it, on a road sign? Yeah. So that's is. cool. Um, and when they get to, when he when it goes to the flashback, Sonic's in and like a, a fully three D realized Green Hill Zone. It looks fucking incredible. This should be in a game. Yeah. This is what a Green Hill Zone should look like in a modern Sonic game. Open world, like not open world, but like open exploration, yeah. a lot more than the on rails crap that is happening. I'm going to sound like I'm down on the film. I'm not down on the film. I actually quite enjoyed it. Mm. But this should be what the film is. This brilliant, colourful yeah. landscape. I don't need humans in it. Yeah. Why Why are they insisting? I felt the same they about... They do it with a lot of stuff now. Have you ever it's... seen the Smurfs film? No. I felt the same about that. You watch the Smurfs film and you're like, why are the human characters in this? Yeah. Why is it not just the Smurfs and they, Gargamel? Because for some reason, Hollywood still can't get past the fact that a series might just stand on its own. It's like Resident Evil. We've talked about this a million times, so we won't go into it. But how many? T- there's been fuck knows how many Resident Evil films. But they, they, for some reason, Hollywood never seems to feel comfortable yeah. enough to go. You know what? Just go with what the f- games are like. Uh, if we're just talking live action ones, there's been seven. Yeah, yeah. But there's been three animated ones. Four, four animated ones. Well, three because one's actually split into a TV show. It was now. clearly made as a film, yeah. though. But yeah, but yeah, and there's about a- to be another show. Yeah, we won't get into that. That's. That's going to be too long. Uh, We're going to have to watch that soon, though, Rory. Oh, good. Um, uh, so, Longclaw the Owl uh, looks after Sonic in this world. Now, one thing I wanted to mention, I noticed straight away, the rock formations in the distance where Sonic's running around Green Hill Zone, they match something from Sonic 1 on the Master System. Right. But I'll reference that in again in a minute, because it, it comes up, it's a lot clearer, on the planet map that Sonic has in a, in, in a little bit. Uh, so Longclaw the Owl is looking after him, uh, but then they're attacked by echidnas. They're yes. clearly echidnas, uh, which matches in what we know of the echidnas in Sonic Adventure, that they are a warlike people who Tribal are tri- yeah, going for power. Although that's meant to be hundreds of years before. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see, well, it, it, which kind of works because, yeah, so... I see your point. To be fair, because it's different worlds, they could do a time thing. It could. So yeah. when he goes back, they could still have Knuckles be the last echidna because they mm. could say that time moves faster in Sonic's world. Yeah, I than mean, it does yeah. in. They'll they'll find a reason. Um, bear in mind as well, it would have been at least twenty years, or so, no, yeah, at least tw- ten ten odd years. That's not enough time no, though for, for all of the species. To die out. To yeah, die. No, fair play. <laughs> then again, I guess if Chaos turned up and wrecked them all, it's true. It is. Yeah, man, I would love it if the post credits of the second film is Chaos turning up for number three. That would be cool. Sonic, you, uh, it, yeah, this is where we get the explanation that Sonic uses rings to allow him to move between worlds, um, similar to the gold rings. And so he ends up having to jump through into Earth and Longclaw defends the the portal until it closes and we assume she's died. And there's a big Um, focus here on Sonic's power. Yes. And this is an interesting thing because in the games, it's not a big deal. It's just Sonic can run fast. No one ever points it out. It's like Sonic can run really fast. Well, they do. But the the, the idea is that that his power is his speed. But there seems to be a lot more to Sonic's power in the film than there is in the games. This is very much... I don't know if it's because we live in a modern age where superhero films are so dominant, Mm. but they're almost treating it like a superpower like Superman can fly. Yes. Sonic Sonic running fast is not enough because he does that as normal. There's points where, and we'll get to to it very quickly, where he builds up what looks like like an electrical style charge, charge which was and, never in the games. Yeah, and then like has like almost an explosion yeah. of like this di- like electric discharge. That annoys me a bit because that is the flash. Yes, that is well, literally I, well, the flash. Well, um, when we get to the end, I'll show. You, I, I, I'll reveal it. But when um, you know, at the very end, 
he Sonic Sonic's room actually has comics of the Flash. At the very beginning, he sits and oh, know, he's he, reading the Flash then. As yeah, well, he reads he? every yeah, yeah. issue, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he can read really fast as well. He can, apparently, he can basically do everything really fast. But it's yeah, never in the. His powers are never fully understood. Yeah. They just they, they are kind of a bit plot armored. Yeah, I mean, this is a kids' film that we're picking. To yeah, no, no, no. Here, to so uh, we, the, there's kind of, but they're not consistent. I agree. They're definitely yeah. not consistent. Um, so in the real world, uh, where Sonic is now living, we see James Marsden, Donut Lord, Donut Lord, sitting, and he's apparently in, in his car doing like a speed trap, and he's a bored small county sheriff in a town called Green Hills. Um, Sonic, we then get the element where Sonic saves a tortoise from being run over. I did like the joke where he goes, hey, Sonic buddy, slow down to the tortoise. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, to be fair, the bit with the tortoise is hilarious. Uh, I liked it. And also, it kind of reminds me of Sonic saving turtles as one of the animals in yeah. Sonic 2. Although, did you um, realise, when I watched it this second time, what, he, he, he travels that tortoise hundreds of miles and then abandons it yeah and you're like dude what if that you've like separated that tortoise from its family you monster <laughs> so actually i actually have a theory that sonic is actually the real villain of this film okay because uh, <laughs> he's you're he, siding with robotnik he's eh? a little bit of a douche oh he is a bit this. of a douche yeah yeah absolutely that's that i mean to be fair that's kind of fits in with the 90s attitude of things like bart simpson which i suppose works for sonic because yeah of but the i mean separating made. a tortoise from his but, later on he literally throws like, oh, darts at a, he throws <laughs> darts at a woman later on doesn't yes, he? he does yes <laughs> not on purpose but yeah um but basically, yeah. to shorten this bit down... He lives in a den, doesn't he? He lives in a den, and he spends a lot of his time... Um, he, he Just watching people, doesn't he? Yeah, and he basically has formed an attachment to... What's Donut Lord's real name? Uh, th- uh, Tim. Tom Wachowski. Tom. Tom Wachowski, Wachowski yeah. yeah. So Tom and his partner, who he refers to as Pet Pretzel Lady, but yes. what was her actual name? I can't remember. Erica? I think, I think the, the problem is, is the the wife always was almost just the wife. They never. Oh, really, it's that proper like, trap of oh, she's just the wife. Yeah, I was character. like, can you, can you please give? I was literally watching it going, can you please give me her name so I can write it down? I never got it. Yeah, I was just like, what's her name? Um, she's just the wife. I don't want to just yeah. write the wife. Well, he he feels a kind of. Uh, closeness with them so he like Ooh. hangs out like whenever they watch a movie he hangs out at the window and watches it with them yeah but so it's kind of a one-way relationship and speed um but anyway sonic's all very like oh yeah my life's great it's awesome but we actually start to realize that he feels very lonely because obviously lonely, he's sad. on an alien planet with no one he knows and he ends up going to the baseball field to watch a baseball game a little league game doesn't yes. he can just before we get to that yeah. a couple of things i want to reference um in his den he plays ping pong by himself yeah the table is a road sign yes i noticed what's that. on the road it's sign? hilltop isn't yes, it yes hilltop road which is hilltop zone from sonic adventure 2 uh, sonic sorry sonic the hedgehog 2 not sonic adventure um, and on the planet map, I wanted to go because we see the planet I, map. I think I noticed one of these. So there's a few. It... I'm still. I haven't had time to research some of the other ones, but I've I've clocked most of them. I think. Was I right that the top one is the symbol of a Sega console? Yes, Sega Saturn. Yeah. So that's the Sega Saturn logo. I think it's the Japanese Sega Saturn logo. Uh, um, I have a Sega Saturn box somewhere, but we'll have to. Anyway, but yeah, it's where we've got like the S shaped tube going around an actual planet. That's a yeah. Sega Saturn logo. You've got a sun. Now, I recognize the design of that sun from somewhere, but I didn't. I haven't had time to actually track it down to what it actually references. I know for damn sure that sun references something Fair because enough. of the way that the design is drawn. 
but I can't remember for the life of me what it is. The centre of the map, now this is going back to what I was saying before about the Green Hill Zone um, rock formations, and it's really obvious, like, the map makes it very clear what it is. Sonic was in South Island when he was a child, and South Island is very visible on the map as being the centre point. You've got the centre circle with the rock formations of South Island. Now, South Island's map is not seen in Sonic 1 on the Mega Drive, but it is seen uh, prior to starting a level in Sonic 1 on the Master System and the Game Gear. AKA the non-canon version of Sonic 1. The better version of Sonic 1. Whoa, 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 Michael Cole. Sorry, but it's just facts. The Game Gear version of Sonic no, 1. No, the Master System version. I'm going to say the Game Gear version's garbage. No. Well, yeah, because of the reduced screen size. Master System version's better. How different is the Master System version from the Mega Drive version? Gameplay is identical, but the screen... The level's the same. Yeah, but the screen size makes it infinitely easier to play. Um, Sonic 2 on the Master System versus Game Gear is very similar. On the Master System, it's a relatively decent enough game to play. On the Game Gear, it's nearly impossible because the first yeah. boss, you can't see where the balls are coming from. You get killed really easily. Yeah. So, that on. cheap death doesn't happen on the Master so, System because the you Master can see what's system, going on. The Master System was the console prior to the Mega Drive. Yes. Yeah? Why are the Sonic games on that? If Sonic was invented for the Mega Drive. Because they were supporting uh, previous markets. The Mars system was very popular in the UK. They don't usually do that, do they? But also incredibly popular in Brazil. Brazil, of all countries. (laughs) Mate, the Mars system is still going in Brazil. Uh, So anyway, the map. We've got, at the top of the map, you've got the Sega Saturn logo. Next to it, going clockwise, you've got the Sun, which I I know is a reference, but I don't know where from. In the middle, you've got the South Island. The next one, you've got the Sonic & Knuckles special stage. Yeah, uh, which is is also referenced in the end credits of this, but it's uh, collect blue spheres. But it's actually definitely that planet yeah. as a sphere. The next one just seems to be a ring. In the bottom right hand corner is a picture of what is either a chaos emerald or a master emerald. Uh, at the bottom of the circle, you've got what looks like to be a spring shape. It might okay. be something else. I need to look into that a bit more. The next one's the only one I couldn't recognise at all. I, I'm wondering if it's the Wisp World from Sonic Colors. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't I haven't played that game, so I don't really know. Did it's, you, do you happen to have you drawn what I've it looks kind of like? done a crude, crude version of it there. Um, it's essentially you've got like the circle of the planet, you've got three circles on the outside, and they're connected by like these bowed edges, so yeah. it's not a straight triangle. I don't know what that reference is. The closest thing in the film that references that is the um, the final ship of Doctor Robotnik, but it only has two of the circles. The back yeah. end is just a, the, the sorry, the front end is just a spike. Yeah. So it's yeah, it, if it's not referencing his ship, it might be referencing something else. But I couldn't figure that out. The next one is the one that he's got circled as go to next, and it's clearly Mushroom Hill, which is the Mushroom Planet that comes in at the end. And then the one that he's on is Earth. But I wondered, I did wonder if that could be Little Planet, but I don't think it is. It's probably just meant to be Earth. Um, but yeah, so I just thought those were interesting. There's a, quite a few references yeah. within that map. Some that I still need to figure out, um, but I, I clocked quite a few of them at least. Mm. So Donut Lord has got a job in the city. He's leaving for San Francisco, mm. um, which is to, apparently going to break a streak of the Wachowskis being sheriffs in Green Hills. Now, do you know what's important about it being San Francisco? Why do you think they chose San Francisco? Could be any city. New York's more common. Why did they choose San Francisco? Is it because the city escape level in Sonic Adventure 2 is very clearly modelled on San Francisco? Kind of. 
the yes. steep hills and things. Yes, but why would why did they use San? Because also, Crazy Taxi was set in San Francisco. Why did they use San Francisco so strongly in the late nineties, early two thousands era of Sega? Is it where Sega America is based? It was during that era. Yes, it was. They've moved it now, sadly. Oh. But yeah, so because they'd moved to San Francisco, they based a lot of their games in San Francisco, um, and it looks like. And, and I, I think that's a clear reference because they could have chosen any city. Why San Francisco specifically? Um, it seems to me that that's just a clear reference. Uh, Sonic plays baseball with himself, so now we're at the point that you were talking about. And he realizes yeah. he's alone. He ends up having a crying fit, running fast around the pitch, builds up loads of just this very blue quickly, electricity. Before we get there, yeah. the Sonic playing baseball with himself, that's been done before in Sonic X. That's one episode I do remember. Oh, really? Yeah, there's an episode where they kind of, there's an episode where they're all playing baseball. No, but there's where. But Sonic's are. the only one good at it. It's fairly, if I remember right, it's one of those episodes where nothing happens, it's just comedy. Yeah. So, like, it's a filler episode. Knuckles hits the ball and it goes flying uh the 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 bit i always remember is you know cream the rabbit you know she has a little child called cheese yep get it cream cheese i get it so cheese has a go at batting right and he literally just stands there holding the bat and the ball just goes right past him (laughs) and he just goes like that <laughs> and it that happens three times but then there is a bit where like Eggman's t- Eggman's team are all bad nicks obviously yeah 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 uh, and Eggman's team start winning so then Sonic ends up playing every position somehow if I remember right oh okay but this was alright this was a very it, it's a very goofy set this is a very Looney Tunes-esque scene yeah, yeah. where he's playing with himself and he's actually just playing all the characters as well oh yeah yeah and adding in all the um, his, his dialogue as different people in the bit yeah cause like, isn't there him. one bit where he, he throws he bats the ball and instead of going straight to being the fielder that's gonna catch it he goes to one of the other fielders first and he's like oh no don't it towards him oh no he ain't gonna catch it oh my god no (laughs) sort of thing anyway so there's a lot of comedy elements to it it's very again very similar to uh ryan reynolds detective pikachu yeah uh basically breaking forth walls to the point where you know it's just it's obvious overt comedy and much um, like Detective Pikachu, actually one of our lines that we pointed out, and that was the whole stick a finger in me line. Yep. There's a more adult jokes in this than I remember there being. There's a couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. But um, anyway, so he, so he, he gets go- upset yep. and he runs the bases yep. super fast, builds up such a sufficient electrical charge. That he burns that it, out the city, doesn't he? Well, it, it explodes in a move that was very similar, I thought, to um, to Shadow the Hedgehog's Chaos Blast. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. This thing, it literally wipes out an entire city. Like, how fucking powerful is Sonic yeah, in this film? Apparently, it turns off. It t- also turns off a satellite in space. Yeah, yeah that was it. Yeah, it reaches all the way up to space. You're like, fucking hell, Sonic. Yeah, you could conquer the planet. <laughs> I like that. All the power is off. There's no lights or anything like that. But people can still get, um, can still call on the mobile phones. It's like, oh, so the the telephone towers are still up then. Yeah, the broadcast towers are still going. It's just um, everything else is dead. But we then cut to a. Uh, narrative a narrative uk plot. we cut to a uh, usa government meeting yep. with That's several it. generals and things like that and this guy actually the lead guy mm. uh i recognize from freddy versus jason he oh, is okay. the main girl's father in I that you just say he's the main girl um yes <laughs> Um, that would be an interesting twist. And he basically says, well, here's the facts that we know uh, this thing went off. It wiped out all the electrics. It's a very could standard be an EMP, scene. Could that be that. Yeah, it, it, we're gonna it doesn't call, really... Th- no, the only important part of this scene is Robotnik we're going to call in him. And everyone's like, oh, no, you can't do that. But, and is there a line... Am I right in remembering that the guy turns around and goes, with a completely straight face, so fair play to this guy. 
doesn't he say something along the lines of Robotnik's done a lot for this country or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so there's, yeah, he start, he says, uh, do you remember the uprising in, and he mentions different things, mm. and they're all like, no, no, and they're like, well, that's why, you know, it's it's essentially there was uprisings or there was meant to be like, a, one of them's a new <laughs> a country that go, I don't never even heard of that country, it's exactly, it's yeah. a, you know, he stopped certain things from happening for the US government, yeah. which is kind of a creepy angle that's not in, like, entertained at all throughout the film, it's just sort of thrown in in dialogue and forgotten, yeah. it's like, this person has disappeared countries and revolutions, like... There's more that they could have done with that. I understand why they didn't, because it's a yeah. children's film, but it's actually quite an interesting and quite dark Instead angle. of him just being a crazy scientist. Yeah, because yeah. he, he walks up and he's just an egomaniac. Yeah. But it's, well, there's actually quite a lot of dark shit he's done. So in his first scene, because I actually... I feel like I'm being stalked, Rory. <laughs> um, I think if we added up all the actors who appear in this podcast... I think Neil McDonough may end up being the most recurring one. Neil McDonough, he's in so many... F- and the, I mean, this is probably the first film he's been in, like first video game adaptation he's been in that's genuinely good. And he's hardly in it. So he's, he's in this. He was in Welcome to Raccoon City. Yep. He's in, I want to say, Legend of Chun-Li. Yep, Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li. And purely, by pure coincidence... I'm currently watching the Arrowverse. I told you that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I'm on season four of Arrow. Guess who the main season villain is? Neil McDonough. Neil McDonough playing Damien Dark. Well, I'll tell you what. You start watching the Star Trek films, like the next-gen ones. By the time you get to the second one, oh, there's Neil McDonough. Yeah. <laughs> I know him from... He's a man who gets around in oh, terms yeah. of his the, roles. But the he's... first thing I ever saw him in was he is... There's something about Neil McDonough in season fours. Uh, because he is, I'm sure it's season four, I used to watch Desperate Housewives. Oh, and he's in that as well. And yeah. he's the main, uh, basically at the start of season four, one of them's out of nowhere, has gone on holiday, comes back and they've married this weird man. Right. Like, they've literally just met him on holiday and married him, and it's Neil McDonough, and he's really sinister and creepy. Yeah. Um, fun fact about Neil McDonough, I, not that anyone cares, I actually watched an interview with him, yeah. Uh, did you know he's a hardcore Christian? Yeah, he says it's cost him roles yeah. because he won't do kissing scenes. He won't scenes do kissing like scenes or anything married. like that, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, fair play if that's your line. But yeah, he, he uh, at least he understands that that's what's cost him roles. Yeah. You know, he still gets plenty of parts because, <laughs> as you say, he seems to be following us around everywhere. He is yeah. definitely one of the most recurring... I would say celebrities that pops up in video game movies. He's 100%. Have you ever heard of that guy actors? Yes, he's that guy. Yeah. Whereas we, because we're nerds, we know his name, but a lot of people have actors who they never learn their names, but they'll see. Uh, James James Cromwell is another one. Yes. Uh, You know, the farmer from Babe. He's in tons of films. Give me the freaking farmer from Babe. He's from iRobot as well. No, no, he's not. He is Zephram Cochran in Star Trek. You give that man the respect. He deserves. Is he in Star Trek? He's Zephram Cochran, the creator of the warp drive. Why would I know that? Because he's in the same film as Neil McDonough. <laughs> yeah, which I haven't seen. Which Why you would need I know to see. That? Because it's a good film. Um, it's the only good TNG. Uh, film. William Fitchner is another one. William Fitchner is yes, an actor who's in yeah, loads of he's stuff. In, um, but Dark Knight as well. He was but only as the bank manager at the beginning. Dark Knight. He's in a film called Drive Angry that he's yep. very good in. Yeah, I mean, Dave, William Fitchner is a great actor, but yeah. he he's always seems to be. He's never seems to be the main lead of a thing. Yeah. He's like he's he's that guy. Yeah, he's the main <laughs> villain in Drive. 
of angry. But, oh, okay, cool. but he's kind of not the villain as well, which is quite mm. cool. Uh, he's the best cat. Don't get me wrong. Nicholas Cage is very funny in it, but by a landslide, William Fickner is mm. the. Uh, I might I might start propagating a list to see ha- like a frequently recurring. Should we start video a, game movies sh- actors? Should we just start a side podcast called the Neil McDonough Show where we hunt down every film Neil McDonough's no, ever been? No, because most of them will be shit. Not because of Neil McDonough, <laughs> but because most of the films he's in are shit. Yeah, but imagine if we we're going to be that. doing that anyway because of. Imagine if we did it and he <laughs> it's agrees. Mostly in video game movies. Imagine if we did it and he then finds out. <laughs> And agrees to come and be on the show itself. Yeah, but he won't because we'd want to kiss him. And then we'll be like, would we? What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? And then we could be like, hey, do you want to come be in Haunted Season 5? Yeah. <laughs> Give him a kissing scene with yourself. Yeah. So Neil McDonough's there uh, as as General Bennington. Bennington, that yeah. was it, yeah. It, I mean, it's, um, he's literally only in this scene and then he's yeah. gone, so... And basically Robotnik just comes out and shit-talks him a bunch. I, I mean, imagine hiring Neil McDonough for a role, just basically, what's, so what's, what is the role of Bennington? Well, you're going to stand there and get slammed by Jim Carrey and then we'll never see you again. Yeah. And he's not in any of the deleted scenes, so no. literally that was all they hired him for. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm guessing either Neil McDonald really wanted to get slammed by Jim Carrey, or he didn't realise. And so, <laughs> when this film was coming out, aside from the monstrosity of the CGI Sonic, yes. my biggest worry about this film was when they announced Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. I was split on that, because it's like this will, it's, it could only go one of two ways. It would be epic, or it would be terrible. It was, it, was, it was never going to be an in-between. So I feel that it's a very mixed performance. Okay. There, there are bits of it where I'm actually like, yeah, this is really good. You were the right choice for the part. You're doing really well. Mm. Then there's bits where he goes full Carrie. Right. So I'm, I'm not a Jim Carrey fan. No. I like The Mask. The Mask is an amazing film. Under, one of the most underrated films of the 90s, in my opinion. Yeah, I love The, the Mask. Mask. Um, I don't rate a lot of his other films, especially not his comedies. Don't, never rated Ace Liar, Liar? You must uh, like Liar, never Liar. Never seen Liar, oh, Liar. Mate, you'd like Liar, Liar only because they... When you put Carrie in context... I think that's what it is. Yeah. Ace Ventura is just Carrie being full Carrie, which I still... I love, but I understand why you don't. Um, but Liar, Liar, they, they get the context right. Because yeah. he's a, he's a lawyer in and he's doing it in the middle of a law like a big court yeah. case and it's just fucking hilarious. Um, I didn't like Bruce Almighty. No, I Bruce actually, Almighty dropped the ball. A little I bit actually for me as well. prefer Evan Almighty. Well, uh, what was interesting with Bruce Almighty is I watched it and it was very much the tail end of that era of it was the very end of that era of Carey's sort of mania, uh, like his mania era really, um, and it kind of felt like it. Yeah, and because and when. Uh, we had what's it, who is it who plays Evan? Um, uh, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. It is a passing of the torch scene, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, is I'd, I'd never seen Steve Carell in anything before, no. so I didn't know who he was. I just thought he was just some buttoned-up guy who does standard performances. And literally, I sat there again. So, did they like map his face to Jim Carrey's face? Like, how did they get him to do all those expressions? Obviously, since I've seen a lot of other <laughs> Steve Carell stuff, and just know that he's a genuinely funny actor yeah. who can do you know anything from you know the the re- the restrained performance to the maniacal weird I, performances. I really, really rate Steve Carell. Steve Carell really is rated. one of the best comedy actors of the yeah. last twenty years. Yeah. But like I, I would say that quite happily. Yeah, I think he's um, wonderful. Because I'm watching... he can do, he can like. I saw a film he was in that was crap. To be fair, called the Forty Year Old Virgin. Um, it's a terrible film, but his performance in it, 
I really cared for the character because I really cared for the way he played it. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This film is mostly t- mostly garbage. But he's managed... To, and that's when you can tell an actor is really shining when you know that the film wasn't good, but he was still great in I, it. I think he's really good in dramatic roles as well. He's also the best thing in Anchorman. Uh, he's the best thing in Anchorman because I don't like Anchorman. He's really good in The American Office. He's good yep. in his... I don't know if you've seen his new show, Space Force. Yes, yes, he is good in that. He's good in that. I don't he's, think that's as good a show as it could be, but no. he's still very good in it. He's very good in uh, one of my... I don't know if it's one of my favourite films because I've only seen it once, but it has stuck with me. Have you ever seen Seeking a Friend for the End of the World? No. That's a more dramatic film. Mm. Uh, Bowled my eyes out at the end of it. Nice. Uh, He's also in Crazy Stupid Love with Julianne Moore. He's very good in that. Highly recommend him. I'll tell you something. He he is in something with Jim Carrey where Jim Carrey isn't too bad in it, but it's kind of because Jim Carrey's a very small part in it. but it's a film that flew under most people's radar. Have you seen The Incredible Burt Wonderstone? No. So that's a film about a wannabe magician. Right. And D- Jim Carrey plays a parody of, you know, Chris Angel Mind Freak. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jim Carrey plays a parody of that guy um, who comes out and he's doing magic that isn't magic. It's just stunts. Right. Um, and he's like, there's a bit where he's like nailing a, a, a nail up his nose. Oh. And he, if I remember right, he ends up actually nailing. Basically, he's trying to outdo Steve Carell's character. Yeah, yeah. And he overdoes it and ends up putting the nail actually through his brain oh, and killing no. himself. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, don't like that. But yeah, so for me, Robotnik is a mixed... Perf- I genuinely like him, but there are points where... there are. I, what I'll give you, and I, I, this is where I kind of agree with you, I think overall Jim Carrey's performance is amazing. Mm. However, there are certain points where clearly he's not acting as Robotnik, he's acting Jim Carrey playing yeah. Robotnik. Well, here's what annoys me. Uh, it's, it's the points where he gets to his most zany, yeah. but the points where he's doing like sharp, witty back and forths, Actually, those are the best parts. Yes, the witty back and forth is funny. What annoys me... So two things annoy me about Robotnik's portrayal in this. One is not actually Robotnik himself. It's the design of all his badniks. They look shit. They're just generic. Yeah, well, they're like anything from Sonic Adventure 2 onwards. Yeah, they're just Everything Sonic Adventure 2 onwards and Sonic has been generic crap. I I want them to go back to Badniks, though. I'll come back to that, but Badniks are referenced in this. Yeah, when he's got the switchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, fucking... Honestly, one of the best things they could do in 2, which I don't think they've done based on the trailer, is give me some actual Badniks. Diversify his... Yeah, I want some of the Firefly things. I want the ladybirds. I want the crabs. Here's the thing. I can understand them starting off in the generic way that he's got them in this film and the fact is now he's not been on earth for a while yeah he's not had access to earth tech he's had to use his existing tech the what he's got left from his broken ship to build new badniks yeah. then you would only be able to use what's around you so you would then yeah. turn to like and he was using for his ship anyway he was using a quill from sonic yeah so you go well if there's these animals that have this sort of power find other animals with some yeah. power and use them to power the robots so this is this um, brings me to it jumps ahead slightly but this brings to me the second part that annoys me about his performance in that brief scene at the end where he's on the mushroom planet yeah um we actually see him do a fucking spot-on Robotnik. And actually, I don't just mean the look, but the voice he's doing and everything. Mm. When he's throwing that rock and stuff and he's oh, like, right. I yeah, will. Agent Stone, yeah. Yeah, he's doing the Robotnik voice and he sounds so close. <laughs> rock connoisseurs! Come on, that's hilarious! What's the matter with you? 
to the advent Sonic Adventure voice actor who's actually dead now, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So he passed away after Sonic Adventure 2. And yeah. They, yeah. But he's so close. He sounds just like him. Mm. Why can't he be doing that for the whole film? Well, he might be doing that in number two. I hope so. I really um, do. But yeah, we'll find out when we watch Sonic, Sonic Adventure 2. But his banter is good, I'll admit. His, his banter, banter is very is good, good, very quick. And apparently most of the script wasn't in the film. Right. Uh, that he did most of the... Improv. The stuff was improv with him and James Marsden and everyone else that you guys are back and forth with. I'm sorry, Mr... Wachowski. But everyone calls me Tom. Except my dentist, he calls me Tim. But it's gone on for so long now that it would just be weird if I corrected him. Well, Tom, whose dentist calls him Tim, you may have noticed that this entire town has been experiencing a power outage. Yep, no lights. Picked up on that. 20 minutes ago, I tracked an energy pulse with a similar signature to the one that caused that disruption. Listen, uh, Mr. Doctor. Dr. Robotnik. But my dentist calls me Rob. Mm. Look, uh, Dr. Robotskis, um, I'm sure what you're here for is very serious, but it's got nothing to do with me. You can ask anyone in town. Everyone knows me. I bet they do. I'm sure you're hella popular with the Jebs and Merles and Billy Bobs and this glorified gas station rest stop. Bet you go way back to the days of tipping cows and playing on a jug band. They let Kerry be Kerry, which, to be fair, if you're going to hire Jim Kerry, you're better off doing that rather than stifle him. This was kind of a comeback for Jim Kerry as well, Very wasn't much. it? He's been um, he, gone for a few years. Well, he done a, so he did a series of serious films because he wanted to be taken seriously, and then he tried coming back to comedy with Kick-Ass 2, and but, then he got upset because um, there was a lot of gun violence in schools and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, because he spoke out against Kick-Ass 2, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, so he did it because he thought it would be fun, and then... Gun violence in America increased and there was a lot of talk about, you know, people emulating violence from films and TV. So he changed his mind on it and then, as you say, instead of helping its run to try and get people into cinemas, spoke publicly against the film saying he regrets doing it because of the, you know, child violence, etc. I still, I disagree with him on that because I don't think people watched Kick-Ass 2 and went, you know what, I'll kick the shit out of people. But, you know, what that that was his perspective. Yeah. And I think that put the nail in the coffin of him a little bit for a I while because he, people were like, okay, we're going to distance ourselves from this. I think he also um, had, and we won't go into this because it's not that sort of podcast, but I think he had some issues in his personal life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he might have lost his partner. I think she might have passed I away. Think, yeah, th- th- um, I, know, I know he's been through quite a rigmarole. He's, um, you know, I, I'm, I don't envy him some of the stuff he's gone through. No. Um, you know, so uh, so I think he took some time, but I think also the industry wanted a bit of distance from him because of the whole, well, we're not hiring an actor at the price we pay. Jim Carrey doesn't doesn't come cheap. Yeah. Um, for him to then turn around and go, don't watch the movie I'm in. Yeah. Um, so I think there was a bit of distance there. This, As you say, this is a comeback for him, and I think that's, that's part of it as well. It's like a 90s brand being revived for modern well, cinema, I, and they've revived a 90s icon. Yeah. I think, I think he has said in an interview since that, I think he's credited this film with reviving his passion for acting because I think I think he basically I think not only was it that studios weren't hiring him mm. I think he'd kind of burnt out got, yeah gone off the idea of being an actor anymore mm. um and he I think this yeah, I think what it is, it, a lot of directors like a lot of very strict control over how a, a ca- character is performed, and Jim Carrey is at his best whether you like it or not when he's a loose cannon. Yeah. Um, and while I think some elements of it could have been reined in in this film, I can understand. If again, you don't hire Jim Carrey and go, no, don't do the, anything extra. Just do what I tell you, because he's not that kind of an actor. You hire him to give you extra. Um, 
Yeah. So yes, and uh, again, so we've we've discussed what we think of Jim Carrey. Um, I personally like him in this film. Um, but yeah, there are elements where it's like he's just doing Jim Carrey rather than doing Robotnik in this scene. It's normally his more outlandish modes, but fine. Um, so he sends out drones to try and track Sonic, uh, and Sonic realizes that the military is after him. So he uh, collects what he can before leaving his den because he's going to use the rings to go to the Mushroom Planet, despite the fact that he really doesn't want to because there's no one else there who'll be on his own. One of the things he picks up is a cowboy hat with a star on the front. What's interesting about that hat is I think it's actually a reference to the Sonic the Hedgehog 1996 movie. Yeah. Because Knuckles has that hat only to have it burnt away by lava at the end. Yeah. <laughs> huh? My hand's on fire! Help! And I'm like, I'm pretty certain it's the same design, so it's the same bloody hat. Um, so yeah, that was quite fun, but in order to escape, he ends up having to run away from his den and he hides in, uh, James Marsden's shed and James Marsden thinks it's the raccoons again coming, digging through the garbage. So he picks up a tranquilizer gun to go and take care of, like to scare off the raccoons and inside he finds Sonic and shoots him with the dart. Now we know this scene was definitely done with the old graphics for Sonic because it was what was in the trailer <laughs> when he screams, ah! and you see the teeth you're like no no um it looks fine in the finished movie so you'll be happy to know no nightmares for your children there um but when he get he gets shot with a tranquilizer gun drops the bag of rings looks at james marston's t-shirt which says san francisco and you go san francisco the ring opens a portal to san francisco above this triangle build a pyramid building um and the bag of rings drops on top of the building and then the portal closes. Uh, so now we know where we're going to be going for the for the rest of the film. Sonic's travelling to San Francisco to get, to get his rings. Um, and I think the dialogue... When, when Sonic wakes up in the flat... Uh, to be fair, the, the dialogue between James Marsden and Sonic is quite funny. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much improv could have been done with this because mm. obviously it's a CGI animation. Yeah, no, James Marsden does it. He does a really good job. Of, like, when you see that there's a deleted scene, which, again, is irrelevant to the rest of the film. It, mm. it doesn't really add anything. But James Marsden is talking to Sonic. But they've got like the like the, a really unpolished beta version yeah. of the old Sonic design, moving like mm-hmm. kind of janky animation, no real texture to it. There's mm-hmm. certain points where even though Sonic's behind James Marsden, he appears in front of James yeah. Marsden, uh, so like it looks a bit off. But like when you see those things, you sit, you literally sit there realizing that James Marsden is talking to literally air, yeah. and he's doing a really good job of it. I do wonder if they did it how they do Rocket Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. So she Rocket Raccoon is voiced by Bradley Cooper, yes. but they don't pay to have Bradley Cooper on set. He just does the voice. Mm. But on set, so everyone has an eye line. They do have it. It's actually James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn. He wears a green suit, a green morph suit, right, and plays the physical Rocket Raccoon. Right. Do, did they? Do you know? Did have they have no someone idea. in a green suit? Uh, they're not in the cutouts. I think it's just air. Fair enough. Um, um, but yeah, let's quickly talk because we haven't. We've talked about Jim Carrey, but we haven't talked about James Marsden or Ben Schwartz. No. Um, I think James Marsden. He's one of those actors who kind of got. Again. He got a bit of a raw deal because mm. he was in X Men, yeah, which was, was one of the first. Yeah, one of yeah. the first big superhero franchises. And kind of got crowded out of that by Hugh Jackman. Not not Hugh Jackman's fault. No, 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 it's no. It's just Wolverine is inherently a much cooler character yeah. than Cyclops. And then is. they killed him right at the start of the third film, so there was no yeah. return for he's him. He's also in Superman Returns briefly, yep. um, and he's just one of those actors who I think is good, mm. but hasn't quite cottoned on. 
for some reason. Like, yeah. Uh, and Ben Schwartz, speaking I hope of he space, on from this though, because he does I a do. He's doing job. a good job. Yeah, I, I've got no issues with James Rodney's no. performance um, at all. And we mentioned Space Force. It's a guy from Space Force who plays Sonic, which yes. is interesting. Ben, ben Schwartz, Schwartz plays the young guy who's constantly trying to. He's like, the social the media yeah. manager. Yeah, um, and he's good in that. But he, yeah, yeah, he I does a good so. job with Sonic here. I know Ben Schwartz from a few things. He's also in. He's a recurring character in Parks and Recreation, the sitcom. He's a great character he is the son of henry winkler's character right and he's a super spoiled rich boy um and he's also so in, he's not acting no, i'm joking he's also in a very good comedy drama series called house of lies mm. with Kristen bell and don Cheadle. Okay. Uh, it's a very good show. I've never seen the ending of it because they never released the final DVD oh, box set in, in Britain. So I might have to... Import. Yes, import, not let's pirate. Say, let's say import. Um, import through the seven seas. That's a typical <laughs> Showtime series, though, in the sense that it's very funny, but mm. it's also very adult. Right, I mean, gotcha. I, if I remember right, it literally starts with Don Cheadle's bare ass. Yeah, right, okay. Um, next to another woman's bare ass. Mm. No, Don Cheadle is sleeping on her bare ass. Oh, That's okay. literally the first shot of the show. Okay. <laughs> and you're like, you go, Don Cheadle. <laughs> Dong Cheadle. Dong Cheadle. Uh, but, uh, so, I mean, did you have any opinions on Ben Schwartz? No, I just wanted to say that I liked them. I think no, they did I well. They both did very um, well. He, he sounds... Close enough to the game version of Sonic. Mm. Um, He's clearly doing his whilst, own thing with it. Whilst having his own yeah. version of it, uh, he doesn't sound completely different. Like, no. not, not like, for example, when the upcoming Mario movie comes out and oh, Mario is that, Chris Pratt. That's gonna be, I'll tell you what, anyone who says that the Super Mario Brothers movie from 1993 is garbage, I... I I guarantee you it will be miles better than the one that's coming out this year. I haven't seen anything of it, but the fact that they're casting people who don't have the right voices as standard and then going, no, they're just using their normal voices, go screw yourself. Yeah. There's like, no, no, sorry, Chris Pratt, normal voice does not equal Mario. It's a shame, and Bob, never will. shame Bob Hoskins is dead. Bob Hoskins is I don't really think Bob Hoskins would read to it after his first. So is Captain yeah, Lou Albano. Oh, yeah. All the great Marios, apart from... Um, it's annoying, because they've got... James Gandolfini's dead. He'd have been a good Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, any Italian-American. Why... Why Why not an Italian-American? Yeah, why yeah. are they casting, you know, whiter-than-white Chris Pratt? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to go back to my default argument, then. If you can't make a film good, just make everyone Schwarzenegger. <laughs> or Ben Schwartz. It's a ben me, Mario. It's a me, Mario. Ah, what do you mean, Princess Peach is in another castle? I just went to like five castles. <laughs> or do Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> just dribble. No, <laughs> <laughs> I am the plumber. <laughs> Drop your weapon. I am the law. <laughs> this is terrible. And let's carry on with film right so robotnik turns up at marsden's home um this is a good scene this yeah, is Marsden this is one of robotnik's sonic. best scenes robotnik knows sonic must be there because he scanned a footprint on the outside of the building which like in the mud which is clearly sonic's and the dialogue here is really great one of the lines i want to h- highlight here is uh robotnik says i was spitting out formulas while you were still spitting up formula i was breastfed actually nice 
Rub that in my orphan face. Yeah, I was like, that's a great line. That's a great line. Yeah, but it was also, it's for some reason, it's unnecessary breastfeeding in a Sonic film again. Then we can get married and live out the rest of our happy lives together, Sarah. I, I, here's the thing again I'm, I, yeah I didn't expect to remember I didn't expect there to be another breastfeeding line in another <laughs> Sonic film we, the only two we've done of Sonic Media and both are ha, include breastfeeding somewhere I wager that even though I don't know I reckon maybe AOSTH The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog the comedy series of Sonic from the early 90s will probably have breastfeeding referenced somewhere in it just because it's so zany that it wouldn't put it past mm. them I don't really think Satam ever no. references. It's just an feeding. awkward coincidence. It's just an it? odd thing to be in a like that something a, an odd recurrence to be in a Sonic franchise. <laughs> um, to be fair, it's not it, at least it's just a witty quip rather than being what it was in '96, which yeah. was literally showing a woman breastfeeding a baby robotic. Yeah, uh, uh, you're right. It is a good. It is a good way of making. Because when he first says nice, I was like, because there's a gap. Nice. It, there's a gap, isn't there, between him saying nice and then rub that in yeah. my orphan face. When he just says nice, I was like, oh, oh, he's he's got Liking a boner. It. He's yeah. fantasizing about it. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. When I watched this in the cinema, I've only watched it twice. Once in the cinema, and then last night to to, to get yeah. ready for this. When he said uh, rub that in my orphan face, I literally laughed out loud I was yeah. like this is a great line nice like the banter is great there's a few bits where he acts like an actual robot which I wasn't keen on but well, yeah we're just, just like and then, I was a bit yeah. like you're not just because your name's Robotnik you're not an actual robot yeah he does that a few times I don't know where he's got that from but whatever I wonder if Jim Carrey ever played the game he didn't but his daughter was a massive fan which is why he took the role right um but yeah. It always is with these kinds of films, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's all, Tommy Lee Jones in Batman don't like it, but my daughter, yeah. my, well, I think my son likes it. So that's I why did Dennis it. Hopper did Mario. Yeah, because he's, his uh, son liked the game. And when his son went, Dad, why were you in that horrible Mario film? He says, well, son, because you need to choose. Mm. And his son said, apparently said, but Dad, I don't need to choose that badly. <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, there seems to be, yeah, it, it seems very unlikely to find it maybe it will get less and less unlikely as time goes on but certainly over the last 20 years 20 30 years it's been rare for an actor to know a video game property before or even a comic property before taking it on um i think the only one i can really think of that knows the material when he gets involved is um what's his name he plays uh oh he plays superman and he's in the witcher um, oh, Henry Cavill. Henry yeah. Cavill. He's yeah. like the only like pure nerd um, superhero or like, sort think, of actor. I think Sienna Guillory knew Resident Evil when she did Jill Valentine. I yes, think. you can tell by the way she performs it. Um, yeah. I There's a guy, who is it? There's a guy, I think it's someone who hasn't played one but keeps campaigning to play one. Right. I think it might be Batista is yeah, campaigning was, to do Gears of War yeah, and he's yeah. played it. Yeah, yeah, he keeps on he keeps on trying to get that film made with him in it. And I don't know why it doesn't take off because 
I, that would work. Yeah, <laughs> he's, petite. I said he's I, the I said, closest to that inhuman body shape that there is. I said on one of our previous episodes, didn't I? I want Batista and I want other another WWE wrestler, Chris Jericho. Yeah, as Baird. Uh, all that I say, WWE is actually with AEW now, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why they haven't done Gears of War. I think Gears of War is is one of the most adaptable. Yeah, it's visually interesting enough, and there is enough deep lore yeah, in the franchise, and it's cinematic by design. Even if you didn't adapt one of the games, even if you did one of the backstories because yeah. there's plenty of expanded universe material with gears there of always war are with these things i mean even perfect dark had expanded universe and that's like as much as i love perfect dark it's only got well four games to, no well four the fourth one is in development but that's gone in through well, a crisis I thought there was of its only own. two no there's three uh but one is non-canon um oh. yeah you've got perfect the original perfect dark on the n64 that's canon. zero zero which is uh, a prequel which is Technically canon, though, possibly a bit wank. Uh, the script is bad. And then you've got uh, Perfect Dark on the Game Boy Color, um, which is considered non-canon. Uh, and then there's the new Perfect Dark that's in development, uh, which is changed from a cyberpunk to a solarpunk-style game. Solarpunk? Yeah. Um, I assume that involves a lot of sun. Yeah, so it's, it's very deserty and lot, you know, mm. lots of things. I was like, oh, I like the cyberpunk elements of it, yeah. really. Um, but the, the main thing I liked about Perfect Dark that was better than any other, like in terms of its story, and still holds up, but they don't focus on for some reason is that it was weapons manufacturers versus other weapons manufacturers. And you never knew who to really trust. Um, and I, I kind of wish they'd gone down that road really like sort of a, a bit more yeah. of an intellectual story in that regard, rather than just a, you know, the world could be greener, yeah. but that, I mean, that new game is having loads of problems. Loads of people are leaving the studio and just walking what out. Studio is it? I can't remember. Oh, fair it's, it's owned by Microsoft as a oh. property. So it's one of their internal studios, but so, I, I, I've been avoiding it because the, teaser we saw didn't entice me i was like yeah. i love perfect i mean you can jamie can tell you what i've got on my shelves like and, and i can show more than what i've got on display i've got literally a barbie doll of joanna dark he has a laser disc of super mario brothers well that's not perfect dark is it but yeah. i do it's the japanese laser disc because it had a better front cover artwork um i've got a mint inbox version of perfect dark on the n64 i've got the vinyl soundtrack i've actually got the cd soundtrack and a german techno remix soundtrack german yeah techno of the original remix. perfect dark i've got the books i've got all the comics in every variation all split up also in the books and also with poster the poster in the hallway i've got a big poster for uh, perfect dark zero in the hallway i've got the official mouse mat that was given away at game shows uh, I've got loads and loads of... Per- and I've got even some um, Swedish Coke cans that advertised Perfect Dark Zero with Joanna Dark on the front. Uh, one's cherry Coke and one's normal Coke. And, Have you never uh, drunk them? No, no, they were empty when I got them. I just bought them oh. for the design of the can because that's Joanna Dark on it. Look, I went through craze, right? But there's... <laughs> yeah, that, I was going to say, that's intense fandom. Mate, I love it. I love Perfect Dark as a concept. Um mm. So, yeah, I'm a big fan, but as soon as I saw the new one, I was like, the tra- teaser they showed, I was like, doesn't look anything like the game. That, Like, even Perfect Dark Zero looked closer to what I wanted. Yeah. The fact that it was written like a bowl of wank doesn't change the fact that it at least looked aesthetically yeah. a bit more like what I'd expect. Anyway, that's that. So we've got, uh, we're at, Re- oh yeah, James Marsden then punches Robotnik. So in order to get rid of him, he punches him in the face, and then he and Sonic have to fight a drone, which is going to shoot them dead. Um, and then they drive away in uh, James Marsden's car. Uh, and then 
Agent Stone, which is like the, the lackey to Robotnik, instead of chasing after them, goes inside the house to see if Jim Carrey's or like Robotnik's all right. I just saw a guy race out of here and thought that you should stop them. Open your mouth and say you thought that you should stop them. And he breaks him. And he grabs his tongue, he, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, grab, he grabs him by the mouth, pulls him in and goes, No, I thought that maybe I should check to see if you were okay. <laughs> you know what's hard about being the smartest person in the world? Everyone else is stupid. stupid. Yes, way to go. You got that one. <laughs> I like that. That was a nice bit of back. It's like this when I like him as Robotnik. Yeah. Um, bits where he goes a little bit more sinister. Yeah. Uh, once he's in his flying contraption at the end, he feels yeah. a lot more like Robotnik. Yes, he does. There's, it's the bits where he's dancing. Yeah, that's the worst bit. That's... That, how that hasn't been cut from the film, I don't know. Not only because it's not right for the character, it's completely irrelevant to the film. Yeah, I think it's literally, they left it in there because, well, kids will find this funny, won't they? Because it's silly man dancing silly. Um, and they do it in all the films. I mean, even Sonic does the floss in this, which was popular for all of five minutes and now has dated already. That's a let Fortnite alone. thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it's already dated. And you knew it would. You knew the floss would date within a year, and it did, and now it looks like the floss. No one cares. Um, but yeah, so it jumps to nighttime. I did notice that was an odd cut. They're driving away at daytime. James Marsden and Sonic have a conversation. Yeah, he does then, the world's largest ball of twine gag, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they have this conversation. It's clearly daytime, like middle of the day. And then the next shot is them pulling up to a bar in the middle of the night. And there's no explanation as to why there's that bigger time jump. Uh, but for what, obviously they've travelled across America. Maybe we just don't appreciate the distance and time because we're in the UK. And if you'd been driving all the way from middle of the day to middle of the night, you'd probably be in Scotland rather than anywhere else. No, you, you could drive the yeah. entire length of our country in one day, can't you? Easy. Yeah, it's, so long as the traffic was on your side, easy. Um, whereas, yeah, in America, obviously he'd, he'd travelled all that time and he hadn't reached the other side. And to us, we're just like... What have they been doing sodding around for those hours? But obviously they probably have been driving. It's just we don't appreciate the distance. So as Marsden goes to use the payphone, uh, there's a biker rally outside the bar. And they're, like, they're doing tricks on motorbikes and there's like f- monster trucks and stuff like that. And Sonic can't help himself and he goes in. Yeah, this was a weird... Um... A weird thing they've done with Sonic's personality in this is they've made him really scatterbrained and very attention deficit. Yeah, he's he's very easily distracted. Yeah, because maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I don't think I am. Sonic's actually a pretty chilled out person. Like in most Sonic games... He's he's relaxed. He just seems to want to snooze. Well, yeah, so I mean... And eat chili dogs. Yeah, it depends on the medium you watch. Um, but in general, Sonic is meant to be a bit more chillax. Yeah, uh, there there he's are cool. there are adaptations of him where he's a bit more. Uh, I wouldn't. Here's the thing: he's a bit more manic, but I I don't think I've ever seen him quite as manic as this. No, he's, he's hyperactive. Yeah, this, very very hyperactive throughout the film. Um, so he goes into the bar and he gets caught up with um, by Marsden. Marsden's been on the phone to his friend at the police force. But it turns out that Robotnik's already there and they've wiretapped the, the phone. Uh, and then he, Robotnik tells the, the dumbass that runs the police station outside of James Marsden. Don't be bothered. You just sit there and be you. Sless. Which I don't think actually worked quite as well as it should have done as a line. You sit yeah, there and be you. fucking awful. Sless. Yeah, it wasn't a good line. Uh, so that's a potential for worse line. I think there's another worse one later, but we'll see. Um, 
Marsden goes realizes Sonic's in the bar, goes in there, and Sonic wants to live a little. He realizes he's never done a bucket list. He writes a bucket list of things to do. Marsden goes, you know what? We got an hour. Why don't we just go and enjoy ourselves? So there's a montage of them enjoying themselves, and then Sonic ends up picking a fight uh, with a big guy in the bar. Well, the guy tries to start a fight with them, but rather than leave, Sonic decides to take the fight to this guy. And this is where we get the first time that Sonic does like a proper slowdown, and the whole world seems to stop, but Sonic can move around quite freely, uh, and he rearranges everything in the fight to, you know, win in their favour. So basically all of Marsden sees, someone punches him in the face... And then as he goes to, you know, fight back, all of a sudden everyone's been decked. Yeah. Um, this is very similar to um, Quicksilver in X-Men Days of Future Past. Right, This okay. is how they represent his speed, is by actually having everyone else slow almost to a standstill. And then he runs around and repositions everybody. Yeah. So that they all knock each other out. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so, I mean, Sonic eats a chili dog during this section, which is a reference back to Sonic Satam and mostly Sonic AOSTH. Uh, from the early 90s i mean the chili dog thing is stuck and i don't really know why it was never written in any of the games it's just something that's become part of his character now because of the uh, additional media to the point where it's in sonic generations yeah so it's now in the games but like in retrospect it wasn't you know there was there was no point in sonic one where like oh i've got to better stop at the chili dog stand um, I don't even know what a chili dog is. It's just a hot dog with chili on it, it's I suppose. Hot dog with chili on it, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, do you know Bobby Joe's restaurant on the seafront? Yes. They do a phenomenal chili dog there. Well, I wouldn't know. I don't even they know. also do a lovely barbecue <laughs> pulled pork one. Do they do a vegetarian <laughs> version? Which you would know if you would just do what the rest of us do and murder helpless animals. Do they do a vegetarian No wonder option? you don't side with Dr. Robot. Yeah, I think they have vegetarian options. Oh, there. well, I can do that then. They do and it's exactly the same. <laughs> they do wonderful milkshakes. You're a wonderful milkshake. Wonderful. They're Snickers milkshake. Do they bring all the boys to the yard? It, it, it brings my boys to the yard. <laughs> all right, all right. That's a bit more than I... <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's the secret ingredient. That well, makes your boys in the yard. So <laughs> You're dipping your balls into your milkshake. I meant jizz ball, right? <laughs> oh, well... I... See how interesting it is you can interpret the same statement two different ways. You you might try and keep this at a family-friendly level, but I will always drag it down. Well, if you don't drag it down, I will. With my dirty-minded talk. So they win this fight, and then they leave. uh, And then the next day, Robotnik's there. He's chased them to, like, tracked them, basically, to the bar. And he throws the guy through the window. Yeah. Because he won't give up any information. Uh, or he, ha- I think he, he has the, the robots do it. Yeah, he has the robots do it. And as he walks out with Agent Stone, he goes, "Now that's what I call good cop, bad cop." And he holds out his hand for like a high five or a low five. And so Agent Stone goes to give him a low five. And as he's <laughs> as he like slides his hand down, Robotic pulls away his hand and then punches Agent Stone in the yeah. throat. <laughs> Left herself open. <gasps> yeah, this was. <laughs> That was just like, what are you doing? Hey, left yourself open. (laughs) I actually liked it. I thought that was funny. It made me laugh. Because it's such a dick move. Uh, That, that to me, suits Robotnik. He would do a dick move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, give me a high five, and then punches the guy in the throat. Um, And that's his mate. (laughs) Uh, So... Robotnik then catches up to them on the road and attacks them. He's got, like, this uh, tank-style vehicle. Sonic spin dashes and overturns it, uh, and 
when he gets up from the spin dash, because apparently he's never really actually done that before, he goes, Guess I had a bonus life. Yay. That's a bad line. That's yeah. a bad line. That's a bad it's, a bad, line. it's an extra life. No, it's a bad line. Okay. To be fair, Sonic never breaks a TV and gets invincible. No. <laughs> I think that's a wrong message to kids. Um, Robonics tank ejects a smaller robot. Which looks kind of more like a, almost more like a crab or or, or a spider, um, and it f- chases after them and shows that throws out these discs, exploding discs. Um, Sonic use throws the discs on the robot and destroys it. It then breaks into a unicycle robot, and that chases after them and tries to spike the tires. This is really this robot is really just a Matroshka doll. It is. It really is. It's like it's or a Russian doll, just like yeah, that's, that's what they're called. Oh, okay. Yeah, their proper name is because Matru- Russian dolls don't. Russian people don't call them Russian dolls. Why not? Because they are Russian. It's like Chinese they're not just people. Them dolls. It's like Chinese people don't call Chinese and food food. American doll. <laughs> yeah, it's called. They're called Matroshka dolls. Matroshka dolls. Do they invade Ukraine? No. There's. <laughs> oh, like that's political. They li- anyway. I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you in a week when you've been exposed to radium somehow. <laughs> Probably already have, to be honest. Do, 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 my cough do, hasn't do, got do, away. Do, do. Uh, so, Vinyanko. <laughs> yeah, no, isn't it? It's when they scan my. They've done an X-ray on my lungs, and that's when they find the plutonium. Am I? Am I wrong in thinking this? You might not know. During the Cold War, wasn't there actually? Didn't the Russians kill someone by um, they'd dipped the end of an umbrella in radioactive yes. and then they stabbed, they stabbed them, them with it yeah i think they just stabbed their foot or something but it was enough to get the they give them radiation poisoning yeah i'm pretty certain that's true um i've heard it at least if if not we've both heard the same bullshit yeah, we might have heard <laughs> propaganda um so marsden smashes the unicycle robot and it ejects a tiny bug which cuts the top off the car and then uh attaches itself to Sonic to explode. They manage to just about get rid of it, but Sonic doesn't leave in time, which makes no sense to me. He just sort of stands in front of me going, yeah, I'm sure glad we got rid of that. So clearly it's going to blow up. What are you doing? Um, so it blows up and Sonic is at that point where he's super injured. This is the same point where I say this is essentially the same storyline in terms of its element beats to Detective right. Pikachu. Yeah, that happens in Detective... Not, not an explosion as such, but... No, but something happens and, and the um, animal ro- like the animal companion, uh, the witty, it's, banterous it's animal companion is injured. Door. Yeah, and it, this is the cry moment. No, please don't leave me, Pikachu. Or please don't leave me, Sonic. No, don't do this. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's not quite as... It's played harder for the tears, I think, in Detective Pikachu, but it's still the same story beat. Yeah. Um, there's a lot in... If you were to run them side by side, Sonic and Detective Pikachu have essentially the same story beats. They just change the elements. All the, like, That's the really story interesting. The itself is the same. And it's fine because they're both good stories, but I wonder, like... If they found like they've obviously found a way in which to make this work, but if they do it too much, it will kill him because yeah. I can only watch that Sonic, story so many times. Sonic has the better villain. Yes. The, the 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 problem with Detective Pikachu, as we talked about when we did that episode, is first of all it's a detective film that's not a detective film. Yep. Uh, but also the villain isn't, even though it's super obvious who the villain is, the villain isn't actually established until the end of the film. No. Whereas Robotnik is present throughout this movie. Yeah, and and he, even even so, like even even if they were only in the film the same amount of time, Jim Carrey's performance is more standout. Bill, like not Bill Nye. He's yeah. Bill Nye. Bill Nye, yeah, Bill Nye is very, very good, but he's playing a, a, a like a, a non, not undercooked. What's it called? An under, 
written um, villain. Yeah, and so he, he doesn't have as much villainy to do. He's also yeah. not necessarily trying to kill anyone. No, I remember us talking about, about that. that. We yeah. were like, his motives are not that bad. No, I mean, like, I still wouldn't want it. But at the same time, it's like, well, it is reversible. Well, I think it depends how unlucky you are with which Pokemon you get. Like, no, no one wants to get stuck as, like, a, a Lickitung or a Magikarp. No. But imagine being a Machamp. Yeah. I still don't imagine want to be what, a Imagine what you could do with all four of them arms. <laughs> <laughs> what, disappoint four women at the same time? <laughs> as I do that. anyway. Um, I say in the campus tone, I can't believe I did that. Anyway, I, I absolutely love pleasuring the ladies. Um, <laughs> and you on. wonder why people think you're gay when you There's talk some, like that. Something wrong with them. <laughs> they, they obviously don't understand how straight I am. There's... <laughs> Lost where we are now, you bugger. Oh, Sonic's yeah, injured. They go to uh, they go to Pretzel Lady's yes sister's house Robot- in San Fran. We get a scene of Robotnik realizing, like, he, even though he loses the the tank and all of the subsequent little bits, he really he finds Agent Stone still has Sonic's quill in his quill. pocket. And it's glowing, so he knows that. Like, he's st- basically all the dancing shit that we mentioned a little bit ago. He does all of that while he's analyzing the quill. Yeah. Um, we get one good shot in his. He's, he's in a big truck, isn't he? Yeah, it? it's a bit. It's like it looks like uh, a I tour think, bus. Yeah, he's, he's going on tour. Um, I think it's slightly one. designed to, re- uh, even though it's not a, an accurate representation of it. I think it's designed to somewhat resemble the gun truck from Sonic Adventure Two. Yeah, we um we do get one good shot in that sequence though, which is the bit where Eggman is standing. Sorry, Robotnik. Mm. He's standing up. In the, you can see his final machine behind him, yes. and the camera kind of does a three sixty rotation. Yes, that is that's a, cool a very shot. good shot. That's a cool shot. I thought you were going to mention the bit where he's like doing the fake skiing. And I thought that would be your favourite shot. That was the best part of the dance, I'll admit, because <laughs> he times it very well. Yeah, he's very. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does a very good job with that. Probably would have had a dancing movie with Nick Cage. Uh, Nick Cage, Jim Carrey. <laughs> Remake Footloose with I, Jim Carrey. I want Carey a dancing movie with Jim Cage. Jim Cage? Jim, Jim Carrey. Oh, dear Nick God. Cage. Jim Cage. Um, anyway, so Robotnik analyzes the quill uh, and it blows up the power in his lab, and that's where we see the switches that have Evil Lab and Bad Nicks written on them. Uh, and then it comes up that Sonic's quill has unlimited power. That's important because he uses the quill then to power his machines. It's over 9,000! Which is a terrible series. <clears throat> Just to upset any anime fans. I do think I've said on this show before that it is <laughs> definitely an Ill. overly filler-filled uh, yeah, show. Yeah, that's why I didn't watch it. We've we've spoken about Dragon Ball Z before. Um, so, as Son- you can hear, by the way, Rory is still ill. I'm still. Uh, yeah, I've just had my chest X-rayed. So hopefully they'll find out yeah, what's wrong with me. Apparently the green herb I gave him to smoke didn't work. No, but I've got some green herbs maybe, in chewable form. Maybe we need some. Do you want some uh, chewable her- green herbs? I'm good, thanks. My no? my health's at fine, my friend. <laughs> See, my little, clearly not. My little health bar I think here. I've still got poison. No, I think you're on orange caution. <laughs> I need a blue plant. <laughs> yes, I'll find you some blue herb. Um, First aid spray. Yeah. But anyway, I don't really have chewables. I was only joking. <laughs> I just realised that might be might be getting the law on my back. So, uh, Marsden takes Sonic to his wife's sister's place. I, don't, I never call and her name is, either. This this is a bit of lazy writing, because this is that typical, oh, the sister-in-law doesn't like him, you're not good enough for my... But, but there's no reason There's for no it. reason, and she's just... This is a Hollywood trope. Mm. She's the generic, loud, fat 
black lady. Little Lord, baby, Jesus. What is that, Tom? Is it plutonium? Is it emails? Yes, it's plutonium. This is why I told you he was no good. I'm, I'm not engaging. You're not engaging. Ozzy, quit it. Open No, it's unlocked. And Ozzy, no. Who's like, oh, hell no, I ain't gonna do that. Yeah. You ain't gonna bring that thing into my house. They've, yeah, they've definitely... And the thing as well is, like... I mean, I don't mind that because it doesn't affect me, but I'm sure a lot of the black community would feel very differently yes. about that. But the, 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 the problem I have with it is that if you're going to do that, even like as, as much as you probably shouldn't, even if you are going to go with that, you at least need to have, even if it's only small, some tiny justification that she wouldn't like him. You yeah. know, he's done something in the past or, they, he, you know, she just feels there's something about him and that you have to explain or what least, that is. Or at least make her actually funny. Because she's clearly a comic relief character, but she's not funny. Here's the irony with her character. I find her funny in a few couple of areas. And it's the times where she understates the performance rather than overplays it. Mm. There's a couple of times, like right near the end, when she's still tied to the chair and the daughter's running around. George, I'll put on my Fitbit. I can at least get some steps. That's quite funny. And the way she does it is really funny. But this, this is kind of where it falls into modern movie making and TV making tropes of loud equals funny. I can't stand that type of humour because, like, don't get me wrong, loud can be funny, but it depends what you're being loud about and what you're saying and what you're doing with it. Just being loud does not immediately make it funny. Um, But that's, I think her character is a, a massive, unfortunate consequence of loud equals funny writing. Um, The sister is, they tie the sister to the chair, as I've said, and her daughter goes and gets makes doesn't make him shoes, but she gets him a pair of shoes that are closer to the ones he's got in the game. Yeah, and that those those are the ones he'll wear for the rest of it. So they go to the Trans America building, which is the pyramid building that the rings fell onto. Oh, hang on, there is the bit. There's the bit that I remember from the trailer where earlier in the film. Um, Tom has said that his best friend is his dog. Yes, and there's the bit where he's like, so. You're supposed to be Tom's best friend that he won't shut up about. Well, I don't see the appeal. (laughs) Stop! That is very gross! Yeah, I didn't like that. No? No. It was in the trailer. It's it's a pointless scene. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a pointless scene. It doesn't add anything. And it wasn't funny, funny, really very funny. Hmm. And the problem is it's a dog. No, I'm joking. I'm only joking. I actually didn't mind that it was a dog. It was just a case of I, I just didn't find it funny myself. But yeah. that, I, I didn't care because it was very short. Didn't affect the film viewing for me, to be honest. Um, so they go into the Transamerica building. James Marsden says there's a jumper on the roof, you know, but I'm from the police. I'm going to, you know, if you let me through, I can go. And this say bit is funny. Yes. So they're waiting outside the lift. Now he's got Sonic in a, like a sports like a bag. bag. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's got his wife with him, the, the nameless wife. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's Erica. I want to say it's Erica. I don't want to say it's Erica in case it's not Erica. Should we IMDB it? No, I'm busy. Uh, so, We'll just call it the wife. Uh, the wife, the sister, the daughter, uh, the Sonic. Not all Not all his... It's, she's not all of those to him. To be that fair, would be a very... Uh, be weird. Like, very Mormon relationship. Fair, though, when Sonic says, How much longer? I can't breathe in here. And this uh, woman next to them goes... Hello? Anybody there? Do you have your child in that bag? No. I mean, yes, it's a child, but it's not mine. It's not your child. Relax, I'm a cop, okay? Plus, he likes it in there, don't you, buddy? Why would 
I like it in here. This is worse than the dog cage you had me in earlier. Such a kidder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's quite a lot of banter in there, which I find, like, that whole scene works really well. Yeah, it does, yeah. Uh, when, he let, when they get to the roof... And let Sonic out. There's a pair of pants on Sonic's head that are for like tidy whiteies that are clearly CGI and they look terrible. Mm. And now, to be fair, of all the things to worry about CGI wise in this film, who cares about a pair of pants? It's just I looked at it and went, those look like crap. (laughs) But that's all. Nothing important. Uh, So this is something that I thought was unearned. They try uh, the wife character tries to do a like a, a mocking of masculinity. In the scene, which is like, you two are so cute when they're deciding that they have to say goodbye. So that's it? We did it? Yeah, we did it. Hey, sorry, we didn't get to do everything on your bucket list, pal. It's okay. I did the ones I needed the most. <laughs> you two are so cute. Like, Oh, please. What? Like, we are not. No, we're not cute. We are a couple of loose cannons just living by our own rules. Exactly. Really? Yeah. And our rules include expressing heartfelt emotions. If you say so. Okay, then. All right. Um, you gotta go, right? Uh, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta so. go. I, we gotta go, too. So, all right, bye-bye. It's yeah. like, we're men. We can't say we miss yeah. each other. But here's the thing. That's not warranted in this scene because they were both actually saying what they felt, that they would miss each other and that it was goodbye. And so the rip didn't work. It wasn't like, you know, in order for that to work, you need to be having guys who are overly hyper-masculine or machismo um, trying to actually, you know, sit, always put in on the bravado. Neither of these characters has done that. Yeah. So it feels unearned. And as such, I was just like, no, that's a dick thing to say when these two people are having an emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if you, like, if you had a girlfriend, you have an emotional moment with her, and I just come and go, go get a room, guys. It's like, we're in a room. Like, fuck off. Like, yeah. it's one thing if it's just something... How did you get into my house? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, it, it just didn't work in this sequence, I don't think. Like, I, I don't mind the idea, but it, you need to build up for that sort of a, a comeback to work. Um, as Sonic throws a ring, it bounces off one of Robotnik's drones, and uh, Robotnik turns up in his flying machine. Uh, now, this flying machine isn't, doesn't look anything like any of the ones from the game, but that doesn't really bother me. Um, obviously, they've gone with a, a more new, unique design that fits in with the kind of more generic look of all the drones and other yeah. robots. Um, Robotnik has a line here. It's the government whack job who keeps trying to kill us unsuccessfully. Nice of you to swing by on your way to Comic-Con. Yeah, what are you wearing? It's a flight suit. Designed to modulate my body temperature and reduce drag. Yeah, and yet you still are one. Ooh, good one. You are catching fire, Thomas. Oh, and speaking of heat, I see you've taken a lover. Does she have a name, or should we just call her collateral damage? Hey, watch your mouth. Unless you want a little more of what I gave you earlier. Punched him in the face. Oh, you punched him right in the face. It was awesome. The time for talking is over. It's time to push buttons. The time for talking is over. It's time to push buttons. I like that line. Yeah, yeah. This is a good scene. This is yeah. one of Eggman's better scenes. Is this the one where he um, he says something evil and then he taps on the side of his... Yes. There he goes. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. It's, it's, those sort of over-the-top flourishes work within the character. Yeah. Um, whereas is dancing the, in a room doesn't. This is the first time where he pulls the goggles on yes. as well, is it? And he starts to actually look like Robotnik mm. a little bit more. They mock his flight suit, don't they? Yep, which is clearly designed to... It's still not accurate to the games, but it doesn't matter. It's closer to the spirit of these outfits in the games. Yeah. 
Probably yeah, because he's point. been in all black, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been point. wearing just like a like trousers and uh, a, a shirt and, and a, a shirt trench coat. And a, yeah, a black trench coat. Uh, and his moustache is kind of, even at this point, it's still kind of more uh, dick dastardly than anything mm. else. Like, it's just a twiddly moustache. Um, obviously, at the very end, it turns into the more noticeable Robotnik moustache. During this point, Sonic has to push James Marsden and his wife off the building, destroys all of the drones, and then uses a ring to send so, Marsden and his wife we get to in, that, back to Green Hill. This is, part, this is a part of the film I have a problem with. Okay. So, Eggman... Uh, sorry, so Robotnik... It took me ages, you know, when they first started calling him Eggman in the games, yeah. it took me ages to adjust to that. Yeah. But I finally have now, and now I find it hard to call him Robotnik. Yeah, sure. Um, Robotnik launches, like, 15 missiles, right? Yes. And we do another slow-mo scene yep. where Sonic is rearranging the missiles and stuff. But here's, yeah, here's banging on them and stuff. Yeah. yeah, here's the thing. When he bangs on those, they should explode. Uh, I think the, the tip has to go in for a rocket to explode. Does it? Most, yeah. I think a lot of rockets, just one good knock like that would blow them. No, you have to... There's a detonator on the front. Then I stand correct. Yeah. I mean, it, it, again, though, it is somewhat plot armour because none of this is explained. And let's be honest, it, none of Robotnik's equipment functions in a real-world capacity. No. So they could just as easily as exploded by being tapped on with a spoon as mm. <laughs> being crushed into a building. Um, but yeah, there, there, there does seem to be... Uh, I think, in general, missiles and rockets, the nose has to crunch in, which is why right. so many of them fail. Right. If the, the actual crunching mechanism doesn't function, then the rocket just stays lit, but sort of... Oh, I see, okay. Yeah, that's that's why there's the worry with undetonated bombs, because they're still wow. actually able to go off, like, because it's just that the target mechanism has to Like the... Um, that's why they're finally going to remove the Montgomery, aren't they? Yes. Uh, in our local river, the River Thames, there is a, a sunken World War Two warship called the montgomery uss montgomery yeah and it uh it was carrying a shed load of mines and bombs and stuff like that when it sunk uh and it, every now and then one floats to the beach and it has to be gotten rid of by a professional bomb squad uh however they've just kind of left it there to rot the problem is is at such a point where and i don't know why they didn't figure this would be the case earlier because i would have could have told you this in the 40s when it sunk eventually it will decompose to a point oh, no. where it will go yeah, off they did i looked this up so <laughs> basically what happened very quick history lesson i guess yeah. uh, so it's an american ship yeah. that was on its way to deliver ordnance to us mm. it hit a sandbank and sunk right. the the americans being the americans went well it's your waters guess it's your problem now and we were like no no that's your boat you come and clear it up and the americans were like nah so then we were like oh great and then the government, in typical British government fashion, went, well, we're busy fighting a war, let's leave it there, deal with it when we get back. Then when they got, when the war was over, they went, eh, it's going to cost a lot of money to do that. Is it going to blow, like, right now? Probably not. Then we'll let future people worry about that. Mm. <laughs> and they've continued, because they re-examine it every three years, I think it yeah. is, and they literally have just kept saying, eh, eh, until it's got to a point where they're like, no, it's very likely it will go off in the next yeah. three years. And if it goes off... It will take out quite a bit of Kent, uh, Kent and Shubury with it. Yeah. It's it's because it, like the amount of ordnance that's in there is quite shocking. I, I, apparently, is it Gravesend that's the town of um, Kent that faces the? I think it is. Yeah. Apparently, every window in that town will shatter from the force of the sonic boom. Wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I'd hate to be a ship passing by nearby if. Like, because if it would do that to something a distance away, if you mm. pass him by in a ship when it goes off, 
boy, mm. you probably won't be anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they throw Sonic throws the ring, they fly through, and they land it in sort of a haystack in a in a barn <clears throat> back in Green Hills, nice and safe. And Sonic continues his chase through San Francisco with Robotnik, and now we're all caught up with the beginning. Yeah. Um, they then go around the world. Sonic throws rings and jumps to different places in yeah, the world. Yeah, we go along the Great Wall of China. Yeah. We go up the pyramids of Egypt. Yeah, they do through all of this sort of different stuff, using rings to travel between the countries, until Sonic winds up back at Green Hills and Robotnik follows him through. Um, though somehow it's now night time. I was about to say, it's somehow night time. So it's a case of, like... Marsden and his wife end up in the haystack in the day. It's clearly middle of the day when they are when yeah. they get blasted through, and it's middle of the day in San Francisco. Sonic's been chasing around for a, quite a short, but it's it's a montage, but it's a short montage. Yeah. Uh, and then he comes back into Green Hills. It's the middle of the night. James Marsden and his wife happen to be no longer in a rural um, barn. They're now in the middle of the high street of Green Hills. Yeah. Just, but they they they're wearing the same clothes and everything else. So was, what have they been doing for the last? What well, must be a minimum of six hours? Maybe the ring can also travel in time. Maybe that's a hint to something that will happen in future and how Knuckles comes back through with no family. Maybe I don't know. We'll see in the second one. Um, but it is a bit weird to go. Hang on, you've just been hanging around Green Hills in the same clothes and everything for twelve hours doing nothing. Um, bit odd. So after the town turns up to defend Sonic, because Sonic's a bit, been a bit burnt out at this point, he's lying on the floor, the, um, James Marsden basically decides he's going to defend Sonic with his life, and because everyone in the town loves James Marsden, they uh, all turn up to defend him as well, and they're like, well, you, you can't have a guard, our sheriff, he's our guy, and this means he's our blue blur, we're going to do all this stuff. So, <laughs> perfect American accent there. And <laughs> the old man has a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, a crazy Carl who's been obsessed with the the blue devil, mm. um, who maybe we should call overly observant Carl. Yes, yes, that is also mentioned in the film. Uh, he attacks. So James Marsden attacks Robotnik directly, trying to punch him inside of his own ship, and then Sonic manages to get up and cut through Robotnik's ship and sends throws a ring, sending Robotnik to the Mushroom Planet. So. Let's, let's just slow that down a bit because this is actually a really good part. This was the part, more than any other part of the film, this part triggered my nostalgia when they're facing off in the street. Yeah. Um, like I was watching, I was like, this, this is what I want a Sonic film to be. It's Sonic versus Robotnik. Robotnik's in a flying machine. Um, my only problem, and it's really, my only problem with this is I wish it was a slightly longer battle. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're right. It, it's quite dramatic. This is the part where he's best as Eggman. Yeah. Um, he's very sinister. He's like, I'm going to destroy you sort of thing. Yeah. And Sonic gets a pretty badass slam where he's like, I'm not leaving Earth. You are. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you say, throws a ring. Throws a ring, sends well, Robotnik he, he to the He gets James planet. Marsden to throw the ring, doesn't he? Yes, I think he does. And then Sonic basically hits the nose of the ship with so much force. Yeah, it sends it back into yeah. through the ring, and then the ring closes. Um, and yeah, so now Robotnik's stuck on the Mushroom Planet. He hasn't got any rings. Um, and then we cut to... Uh, and then James Marsden decides that he's going to stay in Green Hills with his wife because the one thing he wanted to move to San Francisco for was to save a life as a cop, and he feels he's now already done that with Sonic. Um, so we cut to a few days later. Middle of the day, Green Hill Zone. Uh, the Green Hill Zone theme plays mm. on a, like a piano as James Marsden and his wife de- redecorate like their a home. slowed down version, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
coming up there? Yes, Mr. Need any more? Manager, you get that no. boy. This redecorating was hilarious. Did you notice that James Marsden basic like really blatantly is not painting anything? He's just <laughs> he's just rolling over a part that's already been painted. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice oh, that, but yeah. yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, um, it's clearly it's clearly it's already dried paint. Yeah. And he's just doing this. <laughs> <laughs> really useful as a cop, but not so much as a painter and decorator. Yeah. Um the government comes along, uh, the, the main government guy who chose to make send Robotnik in the first place, uh, and gives them a voucher for Olive Garden. That's yeah. been a recurring product place. Yes, because I forgot to say that. that's, that's actually, where you feel like home. Yeah, because that's actually one of my entries for worst line of this film. Oh, really? Is the, when, when he first says Olive Garden, because when you're there, you're family. She did tell me to check your phone for dating apps. The only apps on my phone are the ones that came with it. In the Olive Garden. Ah, because when you're there, you're family. Is that meant to be a maybe it's a joke we don't get because we don't have Olive Gardens in the UK? Or did Olive Garden actually pay to have a reference? Um, I probably both. Uh, I do know that the quote they used, Olive Garden, when you're there, your family, I believe is the slogan for the company. Yeah, like McDonald's, as I'm loving it. Yeah. Did you know Justin Timberlake got paid something ridiculous like five million dollars to make that one little do 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 do? I'm loving it. Oh, really? Yeah, that was JT. That was Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, and he got paid something obscene, and like five millions million. of I dollars. Whistle. I can whistle too. I know. <laughs> like, That's fuck ridiculous. You, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, but it's stark. Everyone knows it. So, yeah, swings around. Do you remember when they used to have the song "Make Your Day, Make Your Way" to a sign that says "You're Welcome"? No, I have no idea what you're That's doing. That's the right? old McDonald's advert from the '90s, back when they still had Ronald McDonald. Don't you take away my? They don't Ronald. have Ronald McDonald. I want Ronald. When's the last time you saw Ronald McDonald? I want the Hamburglar. He was the villain. Grimace. Grimace was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> People still remember Grimace, though, because everyone was comparing Thanos to Grimace. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In oh, fact, I'm sure, I'm sure in Infinity War, Tony Stark calls him Grimace. Right. Or, or it might be Star-Lord. Right. Someone definitely calls Thanos Grimace in the film. Fair enough. Um, so James Marsden uh, and wife show Sonic that they like taking him back to his den... But the den, they've basically taken all the stuff and they've put it in their attic so Sonic can yeah. live with them in the attic. Now, I'm going to reference a few things that I saw in the attic. Now, some of these may not be references, but I think they might be. These are the ones that I caught. Uh, we mentioned the Flash comics already um, because he was reading them at the beginning. They're there at the end. There's a set of maracas. Now, they are on top of a, a pair of bongos, but maracas could be a Samba de Amigo reference. I was thinking Congo Bongo. Well, it could be Congo Bongo, but more likely Samba de Amigo. Um, because they're on... Congo Bongo is a Donkey Kong ripoff rather than... Um, yeah, it, it's like an isometric version of Donkey Kong. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's also a poster for Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, 
on the wall. Uh, Paramount owns the Star Trek film license, so uh, th- that's why they'd have the rights to put well, it in there. That line around but I, somewhere, yeah. Didn't they? But I, I was, I was shocked to see it there. I was like, I know what that because I know Star Trek and I, lo- I love the Wrath of Khan. I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> I know this image. Um, so that's cool. There's a sign in there. So there's quite a lot of road signs that they do throughout the film. One, this one is not a reference to Sega, but you know what it's a, ro- a reference to. The sign says Roadrunner Drive. Clearly a reference to the Roadrunner from meep Looney Tunes. Yeah. Meep meep. Uh, he's got a bedside lamp with a Ferrari Testarossa on it, which is possibly a reference to OutRun. It very specifically looks like an image from OutRun to me. Uh, I could be wrong. It could be an official image of a Testarossa, but I'm pretty certain it's the Ferrari from OutRun. Um, And he's got a race car bed. Now, that can be just what it is, a race car bed, but there is two other potential references it could be. Sonic had a race car bed in uh, for a short time in the Archie comics in the in America, so it could be a reference to that. The other thing it could be referencing is Sonic's racing car from uh, Sega and Sonic All-Stars Racing, mm-hmm. Racing Transformed, and Team Sonic Racing. Uh, or it could just be a race car bed. You know, some of this uh, could, could be I'm looking into stuff a bit much, yeah. but I know that ha- I'll, I'll come to... Uh, the deleted scenes in a minute um there's at least one reference in there that cannot be mistaken for anything but a crazy taxi reference um so i know that there are these references in the film um but yeah so there's a nice happy ending for sonic james marsden and the ref uh and then there's a a post sequence there uh with robotnik on the mushroom planet Mm. now he's bald He's lost his hair. He's got now his moustache is sort of spread out and, and he's magically massive. ginger. And he's magically ginger and his moustaches are black, yeah. And he's cannibalised his own ship to build equipment to survive, basically. Yes, and he's got a literal rock that he's called Agent Stone. With a face uh, carved with, in yeah, it. Yeah, with a face carved in it. And he says, Why don't you get a head start? Do some reconnaissance. Do you like that line? No. No, is that a worse line? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a worse line. When you do some reconnaissance. But he, he says it like the... three or four times yeah. throughout that end sequence. It's yeah. like, it's not that long. He... Stop saying that. But then he actually does do the Robotnik voice at this scene, yes. doesn't he? Yeah. And he does it really well, where he's like, ah, <laughs> sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's as he's going, quote unquote, mad. I don't yeah. know how mad he'll go. Let's see if you can make it through here, yes, Sonic. Sonic. Get a load of piss. <laughs> you have to ruin it. Yeah, well, mate, play Sonic Adventure and... He says, get a load boss. of this. Yeah, yeah, but it sounds like get a load of it piss. Doesn't. No, trust me. When you play it again, you'll not hear I anything lit- but get a load of I piss. I literally play that game at least once a year. Get a load of piss. Get a load of this. Get a load of this. Get a load of this. Oh, get a load of piss. Uh, <laughs> I'm right, you're wrong. My name is Dr. Robotnik. I am the world's greatest scientist, soon to be the world's greatest ruler. Isn't that from Sonic Adventure 2? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say. When he does the broadcast before he fires the And then he gets dicked over by his own granddad. Yeah. What a fool. That's some, that's some time-bendy shit for you. That is indeed. Uh, the sky has what appears to be three or four other planets around it like the all information they say one could be a sun that is in eclipse there's definitely an eclipse going on uh with one of the planets but there's a, a, looks like there's like different variations and there might be other planets there might be moons mm. we don't know but there is one that the one that's um eclipsing the sun has a smaller one in front of it 
which leads me to believe it could be Little Planet, or that, or it could just be that they stuck things to make it look more alien as possible. Yeah. Um, I would like to believe Little Planet is in here somewhere because Little Planet is cool. Uh, Little Planet is the uh, Sonic CD, isn't it? yeah, Sonic CD. So I would like to believe that's in there somewhere, but I could be wrong. Uh, and then there's the post-credits sequence where Tails appears scanning for Sonic and goes, he's here, I found him. And then he flies off towards what I think is Green Hills. And that's that's all of it. Um, now, the 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 pre to that Tails section, it's like there's a short part of the credits. They do this a lot now. Where it's animated. Like a, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, and, and to be fair, um, I put this on page one, but it's, uh, it's actually more relevant here because it's also on the Blu-ray menu. Yeah. <laughs> um, they they reused it and edited it for the Blu-ray menu. It's done like the uh, 19... I think I'm pretty certain it's done to resemble the 1990 preview of Sonic the Hedgehog 1 that's missing. Uh, the missing preview has things like signage in Green Hill Zone that isn't there in the final game. Uh, also, Marble Zone has UFOs, but they didn't reference that at all in... Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird, mate. Um, but there's, there's certain references like the signage and stuff that looks like it's referencing that missing uh, 1990 Sonic the Hedgehog demo. Oh, so, uh, I'd, yeah, I'd be keen to see, you know, hear from anyone who's worked do, on do, it, do, whether do, that be do, the case. Do, do. Uh, That's so Marble Zone. Nice. I'll go through the deleted scenes, uh, but the, I'll be very brief on them because, A, they're not overly relevant to the story, but it's only because there's a couple of cool references in there. The first one that was cut is the alternate intro that they were going to use, which was Crazy Carl... Uh, in his caravan, like he's got a caravan truck. What are they called when you've got like, motorhome? Yeah, motorhome. Uh, he drives his motorhome. Well, Americans call him um, a Winnebago. A Winnebago. I think that's just a brand, though. Winnebago. Is it? Yeah, Winnebago. Yeah, I, it, they it's might a great call word though. Yeah, I think they might call them all Winnebagos, but I know Winnebago is a brand of vehicle. RV. They call them RVs. RV. That's the generic. That's isn't it. it. Small RV. Um, so he's. It drives this RV into the middle of the forest and starts setting up traps for Sonic, tries to capture him. Um, Sonic grabs... And he laces them with batteries, and Sonic grabs the batteries without getting caught. And then Crazy Carl gets caught in his own trap. And goes, I found you, Sonic! Uh, and that's the end of the scene. It's completely unnecessary. I'm glad they cut it. However, the one reference in there that is really cool is the number plate. His number plate is a reference to Crazy Taxi, and there is no way it's not. Okay. His number plate is 1N0M155. Right. I know Miss, which is the same number plate as Axel's car in Crazy Taxi. Now, that's too specific to not be... A, like, how do you... Uh, no one's putting I know Miss on a number plate yeah. by accident. Like, clearly, that's a Crazy Taxi reference. Um, the next cutscene is Super Observant Carl... Uh, basically, Marsden is chilling in a bar, which is a, sec- uh, a an actual location we never see in the finished film. Uh, he's chilling in the bar, and he's accosted by Crazy Carl. Uh, it's called Woody's Tavern. Now, that might just be the name of it with no reference, but two potential references. It could be two, one or two Sega games. There's Woody Pop, which is less likely, or it could be a reference to Wild Woody, which was a Sega CD game where you play as a pencil who erases enemies with his ass. Um, I'm not even making that up. You can look that up. Um, but yeah, it could be it that. Sounds but... like a porno film, doesn't it? Wild Woody. Yeah, right. Well, t- yeah, and it was at the at peak attitude, like peak nineties yeah. attitude. Uh, so it's like annoying to play <laughs> because of it. Crazy Carl shows um Marsden a picture of the Blue Devil. Mm. You're right. Mm. <laughs> shows him a picture of the Blue Devil. <laughs> And uh, 
it's a drawing, like a really crude crayon drawing of Sonic, but it's actually from a meme. Some, okay. Yeah, so it's based on a popular or unpopular or whatever you want to call it meme of um, a, a child drawing Sonic and it looking terrible. Wow. I um, believe it's called Sanic. Yeah, yeah, Sanic. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting to tell. And I thought Spider-Man No Way Home was the first time they'd ever put a meme back into a film. No, no, Sonic... Uh, did it first? Yeah, uh, they do it in uh, in the new Spider Man. Minor spoiler, sure. but you don't care, right? I don't care. Uh, you know, obviously, this is one where it brings all the old Spider Man villains back. Yes, you know the famous Green Goblin meme where it's the you know I'm something of a scientist. Yes, well, yes, I uh, love that meme. Willem Dafoe literally says that line in the <laughs> film, and it, they know what they're doing because yeah. they clean they leave a they beat afterwards. Yeah, for the whole uh, the whole audience when I was watching, it, were like, <laughs> and I, I laughed, but part of me also went, dear. God, what has the world come to when films create memes and then sequels to those films bring the memes back? Yeah, I, d- yeah, I'm, I don't mind it so long as it's used sparingly, but yeah. No, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> the next one is the most interesting one. It's the, it's called Baby Sonic, and it's all oh. almost all of it is early CGI test renders, and mm. they look freaky as balls. There's no smooth animation apart from on a couple of bits that they finished but obviously didn't put in the film. This version of the intro... Uh, Sonic is like Sonic gets the flower, takes it to Longclaw, as happens in the film, and the echidnas attack. However, in this version, Longclaw throws the ring and takes Sonic to Earth and stays there with him. Yeah. So no echidnas come through, but Longclaw lives with Sonic on Earth until she gets old. Until she gets old, and it, there's this, uh, and actually, it's the one emotional element that would be quite nice to see back in the film, though I can understand that for time they cut it. Um, because it, it may not be necessary. Plus, um, you but, never know, because we don't see her die in the actual film version. She could come she back. Because you know what the rule is. Yeah, in this yeah. version, she's definitely dead. Um, but yeah, so she raises him, and then he says, um, while I was growing up, you know, she looked after me when I couldn't look after myself, and then uh, I then looked after her when she could no longer look after herself. Um he has a line in that, so with great power comes great boredom, which is a weird reference to Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, it's not in the finished film, so we can't use it as a worse line. Uh, Sonic cares for Longclaw until she dies of old age, and then he has this one last line, which is, she was my only friend, which is a really cool line. And I was like, that's actually got quite a lot of weight to it, considering he spends the rest of the film trying to find friends. Um, you know, she's his only friend and she's now gone. Um, that would have been cool to keep in. But again, I fully understand why they cut it for time. Uh, Bear in mind that all of that stuff is CGI exclusive. There's no actors and, you know, you don't actually have to reshoot per se. You just reanimate. So it was an easy thing to cut. Um, Then there's Tom and Sonic have a chat. Now, this is the one I was saying where James Marsden is talking to literally nothing. (laughs) Then you can tell because even though Sonic is animated into it, it's not a finished design. It's this horrible monstrosity thing. And you're like, and it's not even like as finished as the, what we saw in the trailers. It's that same design, but less. Yeah. So it looks even weirder. <laughs> and there's this weird, smooth thing sitting next to him with big teeth. Um, but yeah, he it basically goes from the point where he gets licked by the dog and he has a short conversation uh, so Sonic can explain his lightning powers. It's completely unnecessary, and for the most part, he doesn't know. So it's like, well, yeah, this scene is nonsense. It doesn't add to anything. Be gone. Yeah, then there's a scene with Rachel and Wade. Rachel is the sister-in-law. I only know this because of the name of the scene. And Wade is the police officer, the dumb police officer friend. 
Um, the sister-in-law calls the police station in Green Hills to berate Tom for wrecking her car. So this is obviously meant to be like a post-credit sequence or something like that. Um, and Wade goes, you know, I know this might sound a bit improbable, a bit weird, but are you feeling like a connection here? And it's clear that those two, are like from a bit more dialogue, are going to start dating and might be interested in each other. Um, it doesn't work. It's a bit naff. So I'm glad they chopped it. Uh, and the last one is oh no 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 that is all of them I had I was going to do notes on building Robotnik with Jim Carrey but it was just kind of a bit standard um, so it was just a bog standard documentary I thought there'd be more behind it so yeah that's all my notes uh, so Jamie what do you reckon on worst lines we had a few um, potentials reconnaissance is very bad I think reconnaissance but, would be the one I'd go but with but that is the whole point is it's meant to be sh- I don't think that line's meant to be funny I think it's meant to be but, showing that he's gone insane and he thinks that's funny but it's not right. so I don't know if that's actually a bad line so much as it's character development of Robotnik showing that he's going bonkers right okay um, any others that you might put in there then instead I, do you know what? I think it's the Olive Garden reference. Yeah. It's so ham-fisted. The only apps on my phone are the ones that came with it. In the Olive Garden. Ah, because when you're there... Your family. Yeah, because yeah, it's a shill line, basically, isn't it? It's yeah. shilling for when you're there, your family. Okay, cool. Oh, and um, I must have a bonus life as well. That's really bad. Guess I had a bonus life. You want the bonus life one in there? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I, I, I'll agree with that. Uh, just because it's too ham-fisted, the bonus life yeah. quote. Yeah, sure. Awesome. So, last part then. What were your thoughts on the film? And would you recommend? Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd recommend this. It's it's definitely in the better, uh, if you imagine a Venn diagram of terrible yep. video game films and not-so-bad video game <laughs> films. What do you mean, excellent video game films? This is definitely in the not-so-bad section. Sure. Um, it does change a lot of stuff from the games, but in all fairness, it's not like Sonic in the early games, at least. It's not like it had a hugely rich backstory anyway. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey was not as bad as I feared he would be, so that's a plus. Sonic is fine. I am, until I saw the new trailer, I was quite looking forward to the new one. Yeah. I'm hoping that the new trailer, like you said, is just edited together badly. Mm. In fact, there's one part in the trailer that I'm just hoping isn't in the film at all. Mm. Um, but we'll see. Um, I am looking forward to the sequel. I'm looking forward to having Tails and Knuckles in it. Um, I think that Jeff Fowler, the director, yeah. um, I think clearly cares about Sonic, clearly takes it yeah. seriously. Yeah, he's done a good job with this film, I think. They, they deserve props for redoing the design as well, which is good. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's not perfect, but it's definitely it's suitable to watch with your whole family, and it's it's definitely one of the better video game films. So you're recommending? Yeah, yeah, I'll recommend Sonic there, Jog. <laughs> I'm going to agree and recommend. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember you messaged me a few nights ago before you'd rewatched it, and you said you were worried about watching it because you, you reckon it's going to be a bit like Free Guy. We both really enjoyed Free Guy the first time we watched it, and then we watched it again. It was like we couldn't help but pull it apart because it was yeah. so paper thin. Um, now, there are elements that are wrong in Sonic when you rewatch it, like how his powers are a bit just whatever plot armoured. Um, but... It, overall it doesn't ruin the experience and it's very clear as well 
Free Guy is designed for an older audience, really, whereas this isn't. Though this does entertain an older, older audience, more so than Free Guy would entertain an older audience, weirdly enough. With everything in mind, I would recommend Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I think it's incredible fun. All the references, there's some really niche references in there which are cool, if that's your sort of bag to go hunting with. Um, but the the storyline is fun. The acting is really good. Um, Jim Carrey mostly hits the mark straight, straight on. James Marsden is a constant tour de force for me in this film. And Ben Schwartz's version of Sonic is fun. Um, I really enjoyed the lot. So, yeah, I'd recommend it. That's a double plus. Way yeah, They don't happen all that often. No. It's, yeah, I can't believe that it didn't age badly. Mm. Like, it was... only came out two years ago. Yeah, but Free Guy aged in less time. True, true, true. It's, it's what I meant. Like, after watching Free Guy and that being very heavy on references, I expected this to be the same, the same you did, but no. No, it's good. It's good. Um, so thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, next time, next week, as I say, we're going to be doing that uh, amazing, awesome special film uh, with Master Chief. So please tune in to that. Jamie has a new radio series that will be releasing... Will it be releasing weekly? Yeah, every yep. Sunday. Yep. If you would give some PM. information about Haunted and where people can find it. So uh, Haunted, the audio drama, it is a serialised horror adventure series. It's kind of been pitched as Doctor Who meets the X-Files. We air on Spotify, Acast, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, um, and you can take the RSS feed from our website and put it in any of your podcast apps. Just search Haunted the Audio Drama or Impala Films will come up. We release new episodes every Sunday at 6pm. Very good, very good, sir. Um, yeah, that's that's our show for this week. I've been Rory Justin from Cyberpunk Studios. That's been Jamie Evans from Impala Films. And uh, we will bid you adieu. That's German for I'll see you later. It's not German, it's French. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the joke. Sorry, I'm referencing. We watched 2001 Maniacs a couple of weeks ago, and right. there's a there's a line where one of the hillbillies goes, "I bid you adieu." That's German for "I see you later." Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about that line. Uh, I I thought you were going to reference uh, what was it? Naked Gun. I bid you adieu. My thank you, but I'm quite satisfied with the do I have. I don't know that one. Oh. oh, actually, it might be from Police Squad. Have you watched Police Squad? No. I will show you Police Squad sometime. It's very funny. Uh, anyway, goodbye. Thank you very much for joining in, and we will see you all next time. <laughs>